Welcome to another episode of Corona Cold Reads, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Every Tuesday and Saturday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, we're getting together on YouTube Live to broadcast a cold reading of a Shakespeare play. Our actors run the gamut from um, non-professional actors to some of the biggest names in uh, North American classical theater. Um, But what we all have in common is just a really genuine love of Shakespeare and In these uncertain, really genuinely scary times, um, what makes us feel better is getting together and listening to the text and exploring these stories together. So hopefully these episodes will bring you comfort as well, and you'll enjoy them as much as we enjoyed recording them. Um, All of the videos are available on our YouTube channel, which you just search My Entertainment World, um, as well as on our website, myentertainmentworld.ca, where you can find the full cast lists, um, as well as lots of other articles and all of our other content that we have going up all the time. Um, also, you should follow us on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's both myentworld, my ENT world. Um, there you'll see, be able to see highlights from all of the recordings, um, as well as you can get the links to watch us live. Um, But we also have all sorts of content created just specifically for those platforms. In addition to, um, that's where you can find links to all of our website content as well, which is myentertainmentworld.ca. The videos do stay up after the live recordings. You can watch them after the fact, or you can catch the audio version in the podcast feed, um, which is you just search My Entertainment World in uh, iTunes, and there you'll find all of our different podcast series where we have the favorite series, the Shakespeare series, the nominee interview series, uh, Corona Cold Reads, Corona Movie Club, Season 1, Episode 1, and the My Entertainment World podcast. Um, Tons of different things happening. There's never been a better time to subscribe to our podcast we have so much content happening right now um but you're here for corona cold reads for shakespeare um so these are cold reads for the most part uh, our actors did not have more than a day maybe two if they're lucky um to look over the text if they wanted to most of them didn't have the chance to so it is just them sitting down and reading it cold um, so you'll you'll be able to hear that there will be some rocky moments and sometimes when we may have to pause and um, wonder why somebody's got their zoom on mute or you know how things happen. Um, we're all adjusting to these new technologies to cope with what we're going through right now. So I hope you enjoy. So today's reading is Taming of the Shrew, which, um, like Merchant of Venice, which we talked about a few weeks ago, um, is one of those plays that has aged not necessarily poorly, although yes, poorly, but also it's aged into a different kind of play. Um, it's it's a really tricky one to read just on the paper because it's best when directed, um, when the actors have a chance to really uh, sort of dive in and decide on what it is about their interpretation of their characters that's going to make the the actions of those characters in this particular play um, feel okay in 2020 and also like what is behind them what is motivating some of the like ridiculous terrible things that they do and say to each other um, it's a really tricky play it's got a lot of misogyny to it but if directed correctly and interpreted interestingly it can be about um, a misogynistic culture as opposed to a misogynistic play. Um, You can find a lot of meaning in it. 
Um, so for that reason, it's kind of a tricky one to just read through, especially relatively cold reading. It's not directed. It's not on its feet. All that stuff. It's tricky. Um, but it's still got some really interesting language in it. It's got one of my favorite lines, if not my favorite line in all of Shakespeare is spoken by Kate. Um, to paraphrase, it's basically your betters have heard me, uh, speak my piece. And if you cannot, you'd better shut up, uh, which is just fabulous. <laughs> I think it's so fun. Um, our Kate here is Tori Urquhart and our Petruchio is Scott Garland. And because of who Tori Urquhart and Scott Garland are, I'm actually going to tell you if, if you have the option, I know some people listen while running or in their car or whatever, but, and if audio form is your only option, by all means, listen, and you'll have a fun time with this crazy play. Um, but if you have the option, this more than any of our others, I highly, highly recommend watching the YouTube video instead of the audio version. Um, because Tori and Scott, despite being in different physical places, found a way to work together physically. It, that was just really fun and really thrilling. And I wouldn't want you to miss it. So uh, if you can, stop right here, go to the YouTube video, watch that instead. But if you can't, the audio version is plenty fun as well, so I hope you enjoy. So, The Taming of the Shrew, Act 1, Scene 1, Before an Alehouse on a Heath, Enter Hostess and Sly. I'll seize you in faith. A pair of socks, you rogue! They are a baggage. The Slys are no rogues. Look in the Chronicles, we came in with Richard Conqueror. Therefore, pausas palibras, palabris. Let the world slide. Cessa! You will not pay for the glasses you burst? No, not a denier. Go by Geronimy. Go to thy cold bed and warm thee. I know my remedy. I must go <sighs> fetch the third burrow. Exit. Third or fourth or fifth burrow. I'll answer him by law. I'll not budge an inch, boy. Let him come, and kindly. Falls asleep. Horns winded, enter a lord from hunting with his train. Huntsman, I charge thee, tender well my hounds. Brock Merriman, the poor cur is embossed, and couple clouder with the deep-mouthed breath. Brach, sawst thou not, boy, how silver made it good at the hedge corner in the coldest vault? I would not lose the dog for twenty pound. Why, Bellman is as good as he, my lord. He cried upon it at the merest loss, and twice today picked out the dullest scent. Trust me, I may I take him for the better dog. Thou'rt a fool. If Echo were his fleet, I would esteem him worth a dozen such. But sup well and look into them all. Tomorrow I intend to hunt again. I will, my lord. What's here? One dead or drunk? See, doth he breathe? He breathes, my lord. Were he not warmed with ale, this were a bed but cold to sleep so soundly. Oh, monstrous beast! How like a swine he lies! Grim death, how foul and loathsome is thine image! Sirs, I will practice on this drunken man. What think you? If he were conveyed to bed, wrapped in sweet clothes, rings put upon his fingers, a most delicious banquet by his bed, and brave attendants near him when he wakes, would not the beggar then forget himself? <laughs> Believe, Believe me, me, lord. That's your line. I think he cannot choose. It would seem strange unto him when he waked. Even as a flattering dream or worthless fancy, 
then take him up and manage well the jest. Carry him gently to my fairest chamber and hang it round with all my wanton pictures. Balm his foul head in warm distilled waters and burn sweet wood to make the lodging sweet. Procure me music ready when he wakes to make a dulcet and a heavenly sound. And if he chance to speak, be ready straight and with a low submissive reverence say, what is your honor will command? Let one attend him with a silver basin full of rose water and bestrewed with flowers, another bear the ewer, and the third a diaper, and say, will please your lordship cool your hands? Someone be ready with a costly suit to ask him what apparel he will wear, another tell him of his hounds and horse, and that his lady mourns at his disease. Persuade him that he hath been lunatic, and when he says he is, say that he dreams, for he is nothing but a mighty lord. This do, and do it. Kindly, gentle sirs, it will be past, I'm passing excellent, if it be husbanded with modesty. <laughs> My lord, I warrant you we will play our part, as he shall think by our true diligence he is no less than what we say he is. Take him up gently and to bed with him, and each one to his office when he wakes. Some, some bear out sly, a trumpet sounds. Sirrah, go see what trumpet tis that sounds. Exit serving man. Belike some noble gentleman that means traveling some journey to repose him here. Re-enter serving man. How now? Who is it? And it please your honor, players that offer service to your lordship. Ah, come near. Enter players. Now, fellows, you are welcome. We thank your honor. Do you intend to stay with me tonight? So please your lordship to accept our duty. With all my heart. This fellow I remember since once he, once he played a farmer's eldest son... "'Twas where you wooed the gentlewoman so well. "'I have forgot your name, but sure, "'that part was aptly fitted and naturally performed. "'I think t'was Soto that your honor means. "'Tis very true. Thou didst it excellent. "'Well, you are come to me in a happy time, "'the rather for I have some sport in hand "'wherein your cunning can assist me much. "'There is a lord will hear you play tonight, "'but I am doubtful of your modesties, "'lest over-eyeing of his odd behavior, "'for yet his honor never heard a play. You break into some merry passion and so offend him. For I tell you, sirs, if you should smile, he grows impatient. Fear not, my lord, we can contain ourselves, were he the veriest antic in the world. Go, sirrah, take them to the buttery, and give them friendly welcome, everyone. Let them want nothing that my house affords. Exit one with the players. Sirrah, go you to Bartholomew, my page, and see him dressed in all suits like a lady. That done, conduct him to the drunkard's chamber, and call him mad him, do him obeisance. Tell him from me, as he will win my love, he bear himself with honorable action, such as he hath observed in noble ladies unto their lords, by them accomplished. Such duty to the drunkard let him do, with soft low tongue and lowly courtesy, and say, What is your honor will command, wherein your lady and your humble wife may show her duty and make known her love? And then with kind embracements, tempting kisses, and with declining head into his bosom, bid him shed tears, as being overjoyed to see her noble lord restored to health, who for this seven years hath esteemed him no better than a poor and loathsome beggar. And if the boy have not a woman's gift to rain a shower of commanded tears, an onion will do well for such a shift, which in a napkin being close conveyed shall in despite enforce a watery eye. See this dispatched with all the haste thou canst. Anon, I'll give thee more instructions. Exit a serving man. I know the boy will well usurp the grace, voice, gait, and action of a gentlewoman. I long to hear him call the drunkard husband, and how my men will stay themselves from laughter when they do homage him with this simple peasant. 
I'll lend to counsel them. Haply my presence may well abide the overmerry spleen, which otherwise would grow into extremes. Exit. Scene two, a bedchamber in the Lord's house. Enter a loft, sly with attendants, some with apparel, others with a basin and ewer, and appurtenances, and lord. Oh, for God's sake, a pot of small ale. Will it please your lordship drink a cup, a sack of, or cup of sack? <laughs> please, your honor, taste of these conserves. Raymond, will your honor wear today? I am Christophero Sly. Call me not honor or lordship. I ne'er drank sack in my life, and if you give me any conserves, give me conserves of beef. Ne'er ask me what raiment I'll wear, for I have no more doublets than backs, no more stockings than legs, no more shoes than feet. Nay, sometimes more feet than shoes, or such shoes as my toes look through the overleather. Heaven cease this idle humor in your honor. Oh, that a mighty man of such descent, of such possessions and so high esteem should be infused with so foul a spirit. What would you make me mad? Am I not, Chris, am not I Christopher Sly, old Sly's son of Burdenheath, by birth a peddler, by education a card maker, by transmutation a bear herd, and now, by present profession, a tinker? Ask Marion Hackett, the fat alewife of Wincott, if she know me not. If she say I am not fourteen pence on the score for sheer ale, score me up for the lyingest knave in Christendom. What? I am not bestraught. Here's... Here's something with a servant. Third Number servant. Three. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, this is that makes your lady mourn. Oh, this is that makes your servants droop. Hence comes it that your kindred shuns your house as beaten hence by your strange lunacy. Oh, noble lord, bethink thee of thy birth. Call home thy ancient thoughts from banishment and banish hence these abject lowly dreams. Look how thy servants do attend on thee, each in his office ready at thy back. Wilt thou have music? Hark, Apollo plays. Music. And twenty caged nightingales do sing, or wilt thou sleep? We'll have thee to a couch softer and sweeter than the lustful bed on purpose trimmed up for Semiramis. Say thou wilt walk, we will bestrew the ground, or wilt thou ride? Thy horses shall be trapped, their harness stutter all with gold and pearl. Dost thou love hawking? Thou hast hawks will soar above the morning lark, or wilt thou hunt? Thy hounds shall make the welkin answer them and fetch shrill echoes from the hollow earth. Say thou wilt course. Thy greyhounds are swift, are as swift as breathed stags. I fleeter than the roe. Dost thou look pictures? We will fetch thee straight Adonis painting by a running brook, and Cynthia all in sedges hide, which seem to move and wanton with her breath, even as the waving sedges play the wind. We'll show thee Io as she was a maid, and how she was beguiled and surprised, as lively painted as the deed was done. Or Daphne roaming through a thorny wood, scratching her legs, that one shall swear she bleeds. And at that sight, sad Apollo weep, so workmanly the blood and tears are drawn. Thou art a lord, and nothing but a lord. Thou hast a lady far more beautiful than any woman in this waning age. Until the tears that she hath shed for thee, like envious floods o'errun her lovely face, she was the fairest creature in all the world, and yet she is inferior to none. 
Am I a lord? And have I such a lady? Or do I dream? Or have I dreamed till now? I do not sleep. I see, I hear, I speak. I smell sweet savors and I feel soft things. Upon my life, I am a lord indeed, and not a tinker nor Christophero sly. Well, bring our lady hither to our sight, and once again, a pot of the smallest ale. Would please your mightiness to wash your hands? Oh, how we joy to see your wit restored. Mm. Oh, that once more you, you knew but what you are. In 15 years you have been in a dream, or when you waked, so waked as if you slept. These 15 years, <laughs> by my faith, goodly nap. But did I never speak of all that time? Oh, yes, my lord, but very idle words. For though you lay here in this goodly chamber, yet would you say you were beaten out of door and rail upon the hostess of the house and say you would pre present to her at the leap because she brought some stone jugs and no sealed courts? Sometimes you would call out for Cecily Hackett. I, the woman's maid of the house. Why, sir, there, you know, no house, nor no such maid, nor no such men as you have reckoned up as Stephen Sly, and did John Knapps of Greece, and Peter Turf, and Henry Pimpernel, and twenty more such names and men as these, which never were, nor no man ever saw. Now, Lord, be thanked for my good amends. Amen. I thank thee. Thou shalt not lose by it. Enter the page as a lady with attendants. How fares my noble lord? Mary, I farewell, for here is cheer enough. Where is my wife? Here, noble lord, what is thy will with her? Are you my wife and will not call me husband? My men should call me lord. I am your goodman. My husband and my lord, my lord and husband, I am your wife in all obedience. I know it well. Uh, what must I call her? Madam. Alice, madam, or Joan, madam? Madam and nothing else. So lords call ladies. Madam wife. They say that I have dreamed and slept above some fifteen year or more. Ay, and the time seems thirty unto me, being all this time abandoned from your bed. Hmm, tis much. Servants, leave me and her alone. Madam, undress you and come now to bed. Uh, thrice, noble lord, let me entreat of you. Pardon me yet for a night or two, or if not so, until the sun be set. For your physicians have expressly charged in peril to incur your formal malady that I should yet absent me from your bed. I hope this reason stands for my excuse. I, it stands so that I may hardly tarry so long. But I would be loath to fall into my dreams again. I will therefore tarry, in despite of the flesh and the blood. Enter a messenger. 
Your Honor's players, heeding your amendment, are come to play a pleasant comedy. For so your doctors hold it very meet. Seeing too much sadness congealed your blood, and melancholy is the nurse of frenzy. Therefore, they thought it good you hear a play and frame your mind to mirth and merriment, which bars a thousand harms and lengthens life. Mary, I will. Let them play it. Is not a comedy a Christmas gambled or a tumbling trick? No, my good lord, it is more pleasing stuff. What, household stuff? It is a kind of history. Well, we'll see it. Come, madam wife, sit by my side and let the world slip. We shall ne'er be younger. Flourish. Act one, scene one, Padua, a public place. Enter Lucentio and his man, Tranio. Tranio, since for the great desire I had to see fair Padua, nursery of arts, I am arrived for fruitful Lombardy, the pleasant garden of great Italy. And by my father's love and leave am armed with his goodwill and thy good company. My trusty servant, well approved in all, here let us breathe and happily institute a course of learning and ingenious studies. Pisa, renowned for grave citizens, gave me my being and my father first. A merchant of great traffic through the world, Vincentio, come of Bentivoli. Vincentio's son, brought up in Florence, it shall become to serve all hopes conceived, to deck his, vor to deck his fortune with his virtuous deeds. And therefore, Tranio, for the time, I study virtue and that part of philosophy well, I apply that treats of happiness by virtue specially to be achieved. Yeah. Call me thy mind, for I have Pisa left and am to Padua come, as he that leaves a shallow flesh to plunge him in the deep and with satiety seeks to quench his thirst. Mi perlanato, gentle master mine. I am in all affected as yourself, glad that you thus continue your resolve to suck the sweets of sweet philosophy. <laughs> Only, good master, while we do admire this virtue and this moral discipline, let's be no Stoics nor no Stocks, I pray, or so devote to Aristotle's checks as Ovid be an outcast quite abjure. Bulk logic with acquaintance that you have and practice rhetoric in your common talk, music and poesy used to quicken you. The mathematics and the metaphysics fall to them as you find your stomach serves you. No profit grows where there is no pleasure taken. In brief, sir, study what you most affect. Gramercies, Tranio. Well, just thou advise, if the Indello that word come, we could at once put us in readiness and take a lodging fit to entertain such friends as time and Padua shall beget. But stay a while. What company is this? Master, some show to welcome us to town. Enter Baptista, Caterina, Bianca, Gremio, Hortensio, Lucentio, and Tyrannio stand by. Gentlemen, importune me no farther, for how I firmly am resolved, you know, that is, not bestow my youngest daughter before I have a husband for the elder. 
if either of you both love Katerina, because I know you well and love you well, leave shall you have to court her at your pleasure. To court her, rather. She's too rough for me. Uh, there. There. Hortensio, will you any wife? I pray you, sir. Is it your will to make a stale of me amongst these mates? Mates? Maid. How mean you that? No mates for you unless you were of gentler, milder mold. Faith, sir, you <laughs> shall never need to fear. I wish it would not halfway to her heart. But if it were, doubt not her care should be to comb your noddle with a three-legged stool and paint your face and use you like a fool. From all such devils, good lord, deliver us. And me too, good lord. <laughs> Hush, master, here's some good pastime toward. That wench is stark mad or wonderful foe. But in the other's silence do I see maids mild behavior and sobriety. Peace, Tranio. Well said, master. Mum, and gaze your filth. Gentlemen, that I may soon make good what I have said. Bianca, get you in. And let it not displease thee, good Bianca, for I will love thee ne'er the less, my girl. A pretty Pete. It is best to put finger in the eye, and she knew why. Sister, content you in my discontent. Sir, to your pleasure, humbly I subscribe. My books and instruments shall be my company. On them to look and practice by myself. Hark, Tranio, thou mayest hear Minerva speak. Signor Baptista, will you be so strange? Sorry am I that our goodwill affects Bianca's grief. Why will you mule her up, Signor Baptista, for this fiend of hell and make her bear the penance of her tongue. Gentlemen, content ye. I am resolved. Go in, Bianca. And for I know she taketh most delight in music, instruments, and poetry. Schoolmasters will I keep within my house fit to instruct her youth. If you, Hortensio, or Signor Gremio, you know any such, prefer them hither. For to cunning men I will be very kind and liberal to mine own children in good bringing up. And so farewell. Katerina, you may stay, for I have more to commune with Bianca. Exit Bianca and uh, Baptista. Why? And I trust I may go too, may I not? What? Shall I be appointed ours as though belike I knew not what to take and what to leave? Huh. Exit. Hmm. You may go to the devil's dam. Your gifts are so good. Here's none will hold you. Their love is not so great, Hortensio, but we may blow our nails together and fast it fairly out, our cakes dough on both sides. <sighs> Farewell. Yet, for the love I bear my sweet Bianca, if I can by any means light on a fit man to teach her that wherein she delights, I will wish him to her father. So will I, Signor Gremio. But a word, I pray. Though the nature of our quarrel yet never brooked parley, Know now, upon advice, it toucheth us both, that we may yet again have access to our fair mistress and be happy rivals in Bianca's love, to labor and effect one thing specially. What's that, I pray? Marry, sir, to get a husband for her sister. A husband? A devil? I say a husband. I say a devil. Thinkest thou, Hortensio, 
Though her father be very rich, any man is so very a fool to be married to hell. Tush, Gremio. Though it pass your patience and mine to endure her loud alarms, why, man, there be good fellows in the world, and a man could light on them, would take her with all faults and money enough. I cannot tell, but I had as a leaf to take her dowry with this condition to be whipped at the high cross every morning. Faith, as you say, there's small choice in rotten apples, but come, since this bar in law makes us friends, it shall be so far forth friendly maintained all by helping Baptista's eldest daughter to a husband. We set his youngest free for a husband, and then have to it afresh. Sweet Bianca, happy man, be his dole. He that runs fastest gets the ring. How say you, Signor Gremio? I am agreed, and I would I had given him the best horse in Padua to begin his wooing that would thoroughly woo her, wed her, and bed her, and rid the house of her. Come on. Exit Gremio and Hortensio. I pray, sir, tell me. Is it possible that love should have taken such a hold? Oh, Tranio, till I found it to be true, I, I never thought it possible or likely. But see, while idly I stood looking on, I found the effect of love in idleness, and now in plainness do confess to thee that art to me as secret and as dear as Anna to the Queen of Carthage was. Tranio, I burn, I pine, I perish, Tranio, if I achieve not this young, modest girl. Counsel me, Tranio, for I know thou canst. Assist me, Tranio, for I know thou wilt. Hmm. Answer. It is no time to chide you now. Affection is not rated from the heart. If love hath touched you, naught remains but so. Redime te captum quam caes minimo. Mercies, lad. Go forward to this contents. The rest will comfort for thy counsel's soul, for thy counsel's sound. Master, you looked so longly on the maid. Perhaps you mark not what the pit, what's the pit of all? Oh, yes. I saw sweet beauty in her face, such as the daughter of Eginor had, that made great Jove to humble him to her hand when with his knees he kissed the Cretan stand. Uh, saw you no more? Marked you not how her sister began to scold and raise up such a storm that mortal ears might hardly endure the din? Tranio, I saw her coral lips to move, and with her breath she did perfume the air. Sacred and sweet was all I saw in her. Nay, then, tis time to stir him from his trance. I pray, awake, sir. If you love the maid, bend thoughts and wits to achieve her. Thus it stands. Her eldest sister is so cursed and shrewd that till the father rid his hands of her, master, your love must live a maid at home. And therefore has he closely mute her up because she will not be annoyed with suitors. Ah, Tranio, what a cruel father is he. But... Art thou not advised? He took some care to get her cunning schoolmasters to instruct her. I, Mary, am I, sir? And now tis plotted. I have it, Tranio. 
Master, for my hand, both our inventions meet and jump in one. <laughs> Tell me thine first. No, you will be the schoolmaster and undertake the teaching of the maid. That's your device. It is. May it be done. Not possible. For who shall bear your part and be in Padua here, Vincentio's son? Keep house and ply his book, welcome his friends, visit his countrymen and banquet them. Asta, content thee, for I have it in full. Uh, we have not yet been seen in any house, nor can we lie distinguished by our faces. For man or master, then it follows thus. Thou shalt be master, Tranio. In my stead, keep house and port and servants as I should. I will be uh, some other, some Florentine, some Neapolitan, or meaner man of Pisa. Tis hatched, and shall be so. Tranio, at once, uncase thee, take my colored hat and cloak, and when Biodel comes, he waits on thee, but I will charm him first to keep his tongue. So had you need. In brief, sir, sit it your pleasure is, and I am tied to be obedient. For so your father charged me at our parting. Be serviceable to my son, quoth he. Although I think twas in another sense, I, I am content to be Lucentio because so well I love Lucentio. Tranio be so because Lucentio loves. And let me be a slave to achieve that mind whose sudden sight hath thrilled my wounded eye. Well, here comes the rogue. Enter Biondello. Sirrah, where have you been? Where have I been? Nay, how now? Where are you? Master, has my fellow Tranio stolen your clothes, or you stolen his, or both? Pray, what's the news? Sirrah, come hither. Tis no time to jest, and therefore frame your manners to the time. Your fellow Tranio here, to save my life, puts my apparel and my countenance on, for I am escaped. Uh, have I, for my escape, have put on his, for in a quarrel, since I came ashore, I killed a man, and fear I was descried. Wait you on him, I charge you as becomes, while I make way from hence to save my life. You understand me? I, sir? Ne'er a wit. And not a jot of Tranio in your mouth. Tranio is changed into Lucentio. The better for him. Would I were so too. So could I, faith, boy, to have the next wish after, that Lucentio indeed had Baptista's youngest daughter. But, Sirrah, not for my sake, but your master's, I advise you use your manners discreetly in all kind of companies. When I am alone, why, then I am Tranio. But in all places else, your master, Lucentio. Tranio, let's go. Oh, one thing more rests if thyself, that thyself execute, to make one among the wooers. If thou ask me why, sufficeth my reasons are both good and weighty. Exent. The presenters above speak. My lord, you nod. You do not mind the play. Slide. Apologies, sorry. <laughs> Yes, by Saint Anne do I. A good matter, surely. Uh, comes there any more of it? My lord, tis but begun. 
Tis a very excellent piece of work, madam, lady. Would t'were done. <laughs> they sit and mark. Scene two, Padua before Hortensio's house. Enter Petruchio and his man, Grumio. Ah, Verona. For a while I take my leave to see my friends in Padua. But of all my best beloved and approved friend, Hortensio, and I trow this is his house. Here. Sierra. Romeo, knock, I say. Knock, sir? Whom should I knock? Is there a man as refused your worship? <sighs> Villain, I say knock, me here, soundly. Knock, you here, sir? Why, sir, what, what am I, sir, that I should knock you here, Vi sir? Villain, I say, knock me at this gate and wrap me well, or I'll knock your knave's pate. Oh, my master is grown quarrelsome. Ugh, I should knock you first, and then I know who after comes by the worst. Will it not be? Faith, sir, and you'll not knock. I'll ring it. I'll try how you can sew, fa, and sing it. Help! Master's help! My master is mad! Now knock when I bid you, Sierra villain. Enter Hortensio. How now? What's the matter? Oh, my old friend Grumio and my good friend Petruchio. How do you all at Verona? Ah, uh, Signor Artensio, come you to part the fray? Con tutto il chioro ben travolta, may I say. Alla nostra casa ben buenato, molto honorato, Signor mio, mio Petruchio. Oh. Rise, Grumio, rise. We will compound this quarrel. Nay, tis no matter what he ledges in Latin. If this be not a lawful case to, for me to leave his service, <laughs> look you, sir, he bid me knock him and rap him, sir, soundly. Well, was it fit for a servant to use his master so, being perhaps for aught I see two and thirty pip out? Whom would I, God, have well knocked at first? Well, had not Grumio come by the worst? A senseless villain. Good Hortensio. I bade the rascal knock upon your gate and could not get him for my heart to do it. Knock at the gate? Oh, heavens. Speak you not these words plain. Sirrah, knock me here, rat me here, knock me well and knock me sadly. Come you now with knocking at the gate. Oh. Sarah, be gone or talk not, I advise you. Petruchio, patience. <laughs> I am Grumio's pledge. Why, this, uh, a heavy chance twixt him and you. Your ancient, trusty, pleasant servant, Grumio, and tell me now, sweet friend, what happy gale blows you to Padua, here from old Verona? Oh, such winds as scatters young men through the world to seek their fortunes farther than at home, where small experience grows. But in a few, Signor Hortensio, thus it stands with me. Antonio, my father, is deceased, and I have thrust myself into the maze, happily to wive and thrive as best I may. Crowns in my purse I have, and goods at home, and so am come abroad to see the world. Petruchio, shall I then come roundly to thee and wish thee to a shrewd ill-favored wife? Thou'st thank me but a little for my counsel. 
and yet all promise thee she shall be rich and very rich. But thou art too much, my friend, and I'll not wish thee to her. Mm. Signor Hortensio, twixt such friends as we, few words suffice, and therefore, if thou know one rich enough to be Petruchio's wife, as wealth is burden of my wooing dance, be she as foul as Florentia's love, and as old as Sybil, and cursed and shrewd as Socrates' Xanthip, or worse, she moves me not, or not removes, at least affection's edge in me, where she is rough, oh, as are the swelling Adriatic seas. I come to wife it wealthily in Padua, if wealthily, then happily in Padua. Nay, look you, sir, he tells you flatly what his mind is. Why, give him gold enough to marry him to a puppet, or an aglet baby, or an old trot with never a tooth in her head, though she had many diseases as two and fifty horses. <laughs> Why, nothing comes amiss, so money comes with all. Petruchio, since we are steps thus far in, I will continue that I broached, that I broached in jest. I can, Petruchio, help thee to a wife. With wealth enough and young and beauteous brought up as best that becomes a gentlewoman, her only fault, and that is fault enough, is that she is in tolerable crust mm. and shrewd and froward, uh, so beyond all measure that were my state far worser than it is, I would not wed her for a mine of gold. Hortensio, peace. Thou knowest not gold's effect. Tell me her father's name, and tis enough, for I will board her, though she chide as loud as thunder when the clouds in autumn crack. Her father is Baptista Manola, an affable and courteous gentleman. Her name is Katrina Manola, renowned in Padua for her scolding tongue. I know her father, though I know not her, and he knew my deceased father well. I will not sleep, Hortensia, till I see her. And therefore, let me be thus bold with you, to give you over at this first encounter, unless you will accompany me thither. I pray you, sir, let him go while his humor lasts. Oh, my word, and she knew him as well as I do. She would think scolding him would do little good upon him. She may perhaps call him half a score neighbor, so why, <laughs> that's nothing. And he begun once, he'll rail in his rope tricks. I tell you, sir, and she stand him but a little. He will throw a figure in her face and so disfigure her with that that she held no more eyes to see with all than a cat. <laughs> you know not him, sir. Terry, Petruchio, I must go with thee, for in Baptista's keep my treasure is. He hath the jewel of my life in hold, his youngest daughter, beautiful Bianca, and her withholds from me and other more suitors to her and rivals in my love, supposing it a thing impossible for those defects I have before rehearsed that ever Katerina will be wooed. Therefore, this order hath Baptista taken, that none shall have access unto Bianca till Katerina the cursed have got a husband. Katerina the curse. Ooh, a title for a maid of all titles the worst. Well, now shall my friend Petruchio do me grace and offer me disguised in sober robes to old Baptista as a schoolmaster well seen in music to instruct Bianca 
that so I may, by this device, at least have leave and leisure to make love to her and unsuspected court her by herself. Here's no knavery. See, to beguile the old folks how the young folks lay their heads together. <laughs> Master, Master, look about you. Uh, who goes there, huh? Peace, Grumio. It is the rival of my love. Petruchio, stand by a while. Okay. Ooh, Enter Gremio and Lucentio disguised. Ooh, a proper stripling and Amorius. Oh, very well. I have perused the note. Hark you, sir. I'll have them very fairly bound. All books of love. See that at any hand. And see you read no other lectures to her. You understand me. Over and besides, Signor Baptista's liberality, I'll mend it with a largesse. Uh, take your paper, too, and let me have them very well perfumed, for she is sweeter than perfume itself to whom they go. What will you read to her? Whatever I read to her, I'll plead for you as for my patron. Stand you so assured, as firmly as yourself were still in place. Yea, and perhaps with uh, more successful words than you, unless you were a scholar, sir. Oh, this learning, what a thing it is. Oh, this woodcock, what an ass it is. Peace, Sirat. Gremio, mum. God save you, Senor Gremio. And you are well met, Senor Hortensio. Trow you whither I am going to Baptista Minola. I promise to inquire carefully about a schoolmaster for the fair Bianca. And by good fortune, I've lighted well on this young man for learning and behavior fit for her turn, well-read in poetry and other books, good ones, I warrant ye. Tis well, and, and I have met a gentleman hath promised me to help me to another, a fine musician to instruct our mistress, so shall I know Wit be behind in duty to fair Bianca, so beloved to me, of me. Uh, beloved of, of me, and that my deeds shall prove. And that his bags shall prove. Gremio, tis now no time to vent our love. Listen to me, and if you speak me fair, I'll tell you news indifferent good for either. Here is a gentleman whom by chance I met, upon agreement from us to his liking, will undertake to woo Curse Katerina, yea, and to marry her, if her dowry, please. Uh, so said, so done as well. Hortensio, have, have, you, have you told him all her faults? <laughs> I know she is an irksome, brawling scold. If that be all, masters, I hear no harm. No, seest me so, friend? What countryman? Born in Verona, old Antonio's son. My father is dead. My fortune lives for me, and I do hope good days and long to see. Oh, sir, such a life with such a wife were strange. But if you have a stomach, to it in God's name, you shall have me assisting you in all, but will you woo this wildcat? <laughs> will I live? Will he woo her? Ah, or I'll hang her. Why came I hither but to that intent? Think you a little din can daunt mine ears? Have I not in my time heard lions roar? 
Have I not heard the sea puffed up with winds rage like an angry boar chafed with sweat? Have I not heard great ordnance in the field and heaven's artillery thunder in the skies? Have I not pitched battle heard loud larums neighing, steeds and trumpets clang? And do you tell me a woman's tongue that gives not half so great a blow to hear as will a chestnut in a farmer's fire? Tush, tush, fear boys with bugs. Or he fears none. Hortensio, hark, this gentleman is happily arrived, my mind presumes, and for his own good and ours. I promised we would be contributors and bear his charging of wooing whatsoever. And so we will, provided that he win her. I would I were as sure as a good dinner. Enter Tranio, brave and biondello. Gentlemen, God save me. If I may be bold, tell me, I beseech you, which is the readiest way to the house of Signor Battista Manola? He that has the two fair daughters, is he you mean? Even he, Biondello. Hurt you, sir, you mean not her to... Perhaps him and her, sir. What have you to do? What have you to do? Petruchio. Huh? Oh, not her that shades, sir. At any hand, I pray. I love no chider, sir. Biondello, let's away. I'll be gun, Tranio. Sir, a, a word ere you go. Are you a suitor to the maid you talk of? Yea or no? And if I be, sir, is it any offense? No. If without more words, you will get you hence. Hey, sir, I pray, are not the streets as free for me as for you? But so is not she. For what reason, I beseech you? For this reason, if you'll know that she's the choice love of Senor Grimio. Ah, that <clears throat> she's the chosen of Senor Hortensio. Mm. Softly, my masters. If you be gentlemen, do me this right. Hear me with patience. Baptista is a noble gentleman to whom my father is not all unknown. And were his daughter fairer than she is, she may more suitors have and me for one. Fair Leta's daughter had a thousand wooers, then well, one more may fair Bianca have. And so she shall. Lucentio shall make one, though Paris came in hope to speed alone. But this gentleman will out-talk us all. Sir, give him a head. I know he'll prove a jade. Uh, Hortensio, to what end are all these words? Sir, let me be, be so bold as ask you, did you ever see Baptista's daughter? <laughs> no, sir. But here I do that he have two, the one as famous for a scolding tongue as is the other for beauteous modesty. Ah, uh, sir, sir, the first one's for me. Let her go by. Yea, leave that labor to greet Hercules, and let it be more than Alcides twelve. <laughs> sir, understand you this of me in sooth. The youngest daughter whom you hearken for, her father keeps from all access of suitors, and will not promise her to any man until the elder sister first be wed. The younger then is free, and not before. If it be so, sir, that you are the man, must 
stead us all and me amongst the rest. And if you break the ice and do this feat, achieve the elder, set the younger free for our access, whose hap shall be to have her will not so graceless be to the ingrate. Sir, you say well, and well you do conceive, and since you do profess to be a suitor, you must, as we do, gratify this gentleman to whom we all rest generally beholden. Sir, I shall not be slack. In sign whereof, please ye, we may contrive this afternoon and quaff carouses to our mistress's health and do as adversaries do in law. Strive mightily, but eat and drink as friends. Oh, excellent motion. Fellows, let's be gone. The motion's good indeed, indeed, and be it so. Petruchio, I shall be your benvenuto. Exunt, scene two, act two, scene one, Padua, a room in Baptista's house. Enter Caterina and Bianca. Good sister, wrong me not, nor wrong yourself. To make a bondsmaid and the slave of me, that I disdain. But for these other gods, unbind my hands, I'll pull them off myself. Yea, all arraignment to my petticoat. Or what you will command me will I do. So well, I know my duty to my elders. Of all thy suitors, here I charge thee. Tell whom thou lovest best. See thou dissemble not. Believe me, sister, of all the men alive, I never yet beheld that special face which I could fancy more than any other. Minion, thou liest! Is it, Horten Is it not Hortensio? If you affect him, sister, here I swear, I'll plead for you myself, but you shall have him. Oh, then be like you fancy riches more. You will have Gremio to keep you fair. Hmm? Is it for him you do envy me so? <laughs> Nay, then you jest. And now I will uh, well perceive you have but jested with me all this time. I prithee, Sister Kate, untie my hands. If that be jest, then all the rest was so. Why, how now, dame, whence grows this insolence? Bianca, stand aside. Poor girl, she weeps. Go ply thy needle, meddle not with her. For shame, thou helding of a devilish spirit. Why dost thou wrong her that did ne'er wrong thee? When did she cross thee with a bitter word? Her silence flouts me, and I'll be revenged. What? Lies after Bianca. In my sight. Bianca, get thee in. Exit, Bianca. What? Will you not suffer me? Nay, now I see she is your treasure. She must have a husband. I must dance barefoot on her wedding day, and for your love for her, lead apes into hell. Talk not to me. I will go sit and weep till I can find occasion of revenge. Exit. Was ever gentleman thus grieved as I? But who comes here? Enter Gremio, Lucentio in the habit of mean of a mean man, Petruchio with Hortensio as a musician, and Tranio with Biondello bearing a lute and books. Good morrow, neighbor Baptista. Good morrow, neighbor Gremio. God save you, gentlemen. And you, good sir. Pray, have you not a daughter called Katharina, fair and virtuous? I have a daughter, sir, called Katrina. You are too blunt. Go, go to an orderly. 
you wrong me, Signor Gramio. Give me leave. I am a gentleman of Verona, sir, at hearing of her beauty and her wit, her affability and bashful modesty, her wondrous qualities and mild behavior, and bold to show myself a forward guest within your house, to make mine eyes the witness of that report which I so oft have heard. And for an entrance to my entertainment, I do present to you with a man of mine, counting in music and in mathematics, to instruct her fully in those sciences, whereof I know she is not ignorant, except of him, or else you do me wrong. His name is Licho. Licho, born in Mantua. <clears throat> You're welcome, sir. And he, for your good sake. But for my daughter, Katharina, this I know. She is not for your turn, the more my grief. I see you do not mean to part with her, or else you like not of my company. Well, mistake me not. I speak but as I find. Whence are you, sir? Uh, what may I call your name? Petruchio is my name, Antonio's son. A man well known throughout all Italia. I know him well. You are welcome for his sake. Yeah. Saving your tale, Petruchio, I pray, let us that are poor petitioners speak to Bacare, you are marvelous forward. Oh, pardon me, Senor Gremio. I would fain be doing. I doubt not, sir, but you will curse your wooing. Neighbor, this is a gift very grateful, I'm sure of it. To express the like kindness myself that have been more kindly beholding to you than any, freely give unto you this young scholar that hath long been studying at Reims as cunning in Greek, Latin, and other languages as the other in music and mathematics. His name is Cambio. Pray, accept his service. A thousand thanks, Signor Gremio. Welcome, good Cambio. But, gentle sir, methinks you walk like a stranger. May I be so bold to know the cause of your coming? Pardon me, sir. Uh, the boldness is mine own. That, being a stranger in the city here, do make myself a suitor to your daughter, unto Bianca, fair and virtuous. Nor is your firm resolve unknown to me in the preferment of the eldest sister. This liberty is all that I request, that upon knowledge of my parentage, I may have welcome amongst the rest that woo, and free access and favor as the rest. And toward the education of your daughter, I here bestow a simple instrument and this small packet of Greek and Latin books. If you accept them, then their worth is great. Lucentio is your name? Of whence, I pray? Of Pisa, sir, son to Vincentio. A mighty man of Pisa. By report, I know him well. You are very welcome, sir. Take you the lute and you the set of books. You shall go see your pupils presently. Hola, within. Sarah, lead these gentlemen to my daughters and tell them both uh, these are their tutors. Bid them use them well. Exit servant with Lucentio and Hortensio, Biondello following. Uh, we will go walk a little in the orchard and then to dinner. You are passing welcome. And so I pray you all to thank yourselves. <laughs> Signor Baptista, my business asketh haste and every day I cannot come to woo. 
You knew my father well, and in him me left solely heir to all his lands and goods, which I have bettered rather than decreased. Then tell me, if I get your daughter's love, what dowry shall I have with her to wife? Hmm. After my death, the one half of my lands, and in possession, 20,000 crowns. Hmm. And for that dowry, I'll assure her of her widowhood. Be it that she survived me in all my lands and leases whatsoever, let specialities be therefore drawn between us, that covenants may be kept on either hand. Aye, when the special thing is well attained, that is, her love, for that is all in all. Why, that is nothing. For I tell you, father, I am a peremptory as she proud-minded, and where two raging fires meet together, they do consume the thing that feeds their fury. Though little fire grows great with little wind, yet extreme gusts will blow out fire and all. So I tell to her, and so she yields to me, for I am rough and woo not like a babe. Well mayst thou woo, and happy be thy speed. But be thou armed for some unhappy words. Ah, 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 I to the proof, as mountains are for winds that shake not, though they blow perpetually. Re-enter Hortensio with his head broke. How huh. now, my friend? Why dost thou look so pale? For fear, I promise you, if I look pale. What? Will my daughter prove a good musician? I think she'll sooner prove a soldier. Iron may hold with her, but never lutes. Why, then thou canst not break her to the lute? Why, no, for she hath broke the lute to me. I did but tell her uh, she mistook her frets and, and, and bowed her hand to teach her fingering when with a most impatient devilish spirit, frets call you these, quoth she, I'll fume with them. And with that word, she struck me on the head and through and through the instrument my pate made way and there i stood amazed for a while as on a, a pillory looking through the lute while she did call me rascal fiddler and twangling jack with with 20 such vile terms as she as had she studied to, to misuse me so now by the world it is a lusty wench I love her ten times more than e'er I did. Oh, how I long to have some chat with her. Well, go with me and be not discomfited. Proceed in practice with my younger daughter. Uh, younger daughter, she's apt to learn and thankful for good turns. Signor Petruchio, will you go with us? Or shall I send my daughter Kate to you? I pray you do. Exempt all but Petruchio. I'll attend her here. <laughs> and woo her with some spirit when she comes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Say that she rail. <laughs> and then I'll tell her plain she sings as sweetly as a nightingale. <laughs> Say that she frown. I'll say she looks as clear as morning roses, newly washed with dew. <laughs> Say she be mute and will not speak a word. Uh, then I'll commend her volubility. 
and say she uttereth piercing eloquence. Aha! If I do, if she do bid me pack, I'll give her thanks as though she bid me stay by her a week. If she denied a wed, I'll crave the day when I shall ask the bands and wed be married. Ha, 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 ha. But here she comes. Whew. And now, Petruchio, speak. Enter Katerina. Good morrow. Kate. For that's your name, I hear. <laughs> well, have you heard? Something hard of hearing. They call me Katarina. That do talk of me. Oh, you lie. In faith, for you are called plain Kate. And Bonnie Kate. And sometimes Kate the Cursed. But Kate, the prettiest Kate in Christendom. Kate of Kate Hall. My super dainty Kate. For dainties are all Kates. And therefore, Kate... Take this of me, Kate of my consolation, hearing thy mildness praised in every town, thy virtues spoke of and thy beauty sounded, yet not so deeply as thee belongs, myself am moved to woo thee, O my wife. Built. Mm -hmm. In good time. Hmm? Let him that moved you hither remove you hence. I knew you at the first. You were immovable. Why? What's a movable? A joint duel. Ah, thou hast hit it. Come, sit on me. Ooh. Asses are made to bear, and so are you. Oh, women are made to bear, and so are you. No such jade as you, if you mean. Alas, good Kate. I will not burden thee, for knowing thee to be but young and light. Oh, too light for such a swain as you to catch, and yet as heavy as my weight should be. Should be? Ah, should buzz. Oh, well tame and like a buzzard. Oh, slow-winged turtle, shall a buzzard dig thee? Oh, I were a turtle as he takes a buzzard. <clears throat> Come, you wasp. If faith, you are too angry. If I be waspish, best beware my sting. My remedy, then, is to pluck it out. Aye, if the fool could find it where it lies. Who knows not where a wasp does wear his sting? In his tail. In his tongue. So, whose tongue? Yours, if you talk of tails. And so farewell. What, with my tongue in your tail? Nay, come again. Good Kate, I am a gentleman. I'll try. Oh, ow. Ow. Ah. Aha! Oh. Mm. I swear. I'll cuff you if you strike me again. Hmm. So may you lose your arms. For if you strike me, you are no gentleman. And if no gentleman, why then no arms? A herald, Kate? Oh, put me in thy books. Oh, what is your crest? A cock's comb? A combless cock. So Kate will be my hen. No cock of mine. You crow to like a craven. Nay, come, Kate, come. You must not look so sour. 
it is my fashion when I see a crab. <laughs> Why? He is no crab and therefore look not no sour. <laughs> there is. <laughs> there is. Well, then show it me. Had I a glass, I would. What? You mean my face? Do you mean my face? If I had a glass. Am I the only one who's frozen here? Do you mean my face? Oh, well, Amy, you're such a young one. Oh, now by St. George, I am too young for you. Yet you are withered. Tis with cares. <laughs> I care not. Nay, hear you, Kate. In sooth, you escape not so. I chafe you if I tarry. Let me go. Oh, no, not a whit. I find you passing gentle. Just told me you were rough and coy and sullen. And now I find report a very liar. But thou art pleasant, gamesome, passing oh. courteous, mm -hmm. but slow in speech, yet sweet as springtime flowers. Mm. Thou canst not frown, thou canst not look askance, nor bite thy lip as angry wenches will. Mm. Oh. Nor hast thou pleasure to be a cross and talk, but thou with mildness entertainst thy wooers with gentle <laughs> conference. Soft and affable. Why does the world report that Kate doth limp? My internet. Oh, slanderous world. Kate, like the hazel twig, eyes straight and slender and as brown in hue as hazelnuts and sweeter than the kernels. Oh, let me see thee walk. <laughs> <laughs> Go, fool, and whom thou keep'st command. Did ever Diane so become a grove as Kate, his chamber with his princely gate? Or be thou Diane and let her be Kate, and then let Kate be chased and Diane sportful? Where did you? Study all this goodly speech. Uh, it is extempore from my mother, Whit. Witty mother. Witless, else her son. Am I not wise? Yes, keep you warm. Uh, Mary, so I mean, sweet Katharina, in thy bed. Oh. <laughs> and therefore, setting all this chat aside, thus, in plain terms, your father has consented that you shall be my wife. <sighs> Your <clears throat> dowry greed on. And will you, nil you, I will marry you. Now, Kate, I am a husband for your turn. For by this light whereby I see thy beauty, high beauty, that doth make 
me like thee well, thou must be married to no man but me. For I am he, and born to tame you, Kate, and bring you from a wild Kate to a Kate comfortable as other household Kates. Oh. <clears throat> but here comes your father. Never make denial. I must and will have Katharina to my wife. Re-enter Baptista, Gremio, and Tranio. Now, Signor Petruchio, how speed you with my daughter? <laughs> how but well, sir. How but well. It were impossible I should speed a miss. Why? How now, Katharina? In your dumps? Call you me, daughter. Now I promise you, you have showed a tender, fatherly regard to wish me wed to one half lunatic, a madcap ruffian, and a swearing jack that thinks with oaths to face the matter out. Father, tis thus, yourself and all the world, that talked of her have talked amiss of her. If she be cursed, it is for policy, for she's not froward but modest as a dove. She is not hot, but temperate as the morn. For patience, she will prove a second Griselle and Roman Lucrece for her chastity. And to conclude, we have greed so well together that upon Sunday is the wedding day. I'll the hanged on Sunday first. Hark, uh, Petruchio, she says she'll see the hanged first. Hey, then, good night, our part. Be patient, gentlemen. I choose her for myself. If she and I be pleased, what's that to you? Tis bargain twixt us twain, being alone, that she shall still be cursed in company. <laughs> I tell you, tis incredible to believe how much she loves me. Oh, the kindest Kate, she uh, hung about my neck. And uh, <laughs> kiss on kiss. She vied so fast, protesting oath on oath, that in a twink, she won me to her love. Oh, you are novices. Tis a world to see how tame when men and women are alone. A meacock wretch can make the curse to shrew. Give me thy hand, Kate. I will unto Venice to buy apparel against the wedding day. Provide the feast, father, and bid the guests. I'll be sure my Katharina shall be fine. I know not what to say. <laughs> But give me your hands, God send you joy, Petruchio, tis a match. <laughs> Amen, say we, we will be witnesses. Father and wife and gentlemen, adieu. I will to Venice. Sunday comes apace. We will have rings and things and fine array. And kiss me, Kate. We will be married on Sunday. Rings <laughs> and Petruchio and Katerina severally. Was ever match clapped up so suddenly? Faith, <clears throat> gentlemen, now I play a merchant's part and venture madly on a desperate mart. Was a commodity lay spreading by you? Will it bring gain or perish on the seas? The gain I seek is 
quiet in the match. No doubt, but you've got a quiet catch. But now, Baptista, to your younger daughter, now is the day we have long looked for. I am your neighbor, and will suit her first. And I am one that loves Bianca more than words can witness, or your thoughts can guess. Youngling, thou canst not love, so dear as I. Greybeard, thy love doth freeze. But thine doth fry. Skipper, stand back. Tis age that nourisheth. <laughs> but youth in ladies' eyes that flourisheth. To content you, gentlemen, I will compound this strife. Tis deeds must win the prize. And he of both that can assure my daughter greatest dower shall have my Bianca's love. Say, Signor Gremio, what can you assure her? First, as you know, my house within the city is richly furnished with plate and gold, basins and ewers to lave her dainty hands, my hangings, all of Tyrian tapestry, in ivory coffers I have stuffed my crowns, in cypress chests my heiress counterpoints, costly apparel, tents, and canopies, fine linen, turkey cushions bossed with pearl, valence of Venice gold and needlework, pewter and brass, and all things that belong to house or housekeeping. Then, at my farm, I have a hundred milskine to the pale, six score fat oxen standing in my stalls, and all things answerable to this portion. Myself am struck in years, I must confess, and if I die tomorrow, this is hers. If whilst I live, she will be only mine. father's heir and only son. If I may have your daughter to my wife, I'll leave her houses three or four as good within rich Pisa walls as any one old senior Gremia has in patio. Besides, two thousand ducats by the year of fruitful land, all which shall be her jointure. Why, have I pinched you, senior Gremio? Two thousand ducats by the year of land? My, my land amounts not to so much in all. That she shall have, besides, an argosy that now is lying in Marseille's road. What? Ah! Have I choked you with an argosy? Romeo, tis known my father has no less than three great argosies, besides two galleasses and twelve tight galleys. These I will assure her, and twice as much, whatever thou offerest next. Nay, I've offered all I... I have no more, and she can have no more than all I have. If you like me, she shall have me and mine. Why? Then the maid is mine. From all the world, by your firm promise, Gremio is outdied. I must confess your offer is the best, and let your father make her the assurance she is your own. Else you must pardon me. If you should die before him... Where's her dower? <laughs> Cavill. He is old. I young. And may not young men die as well as old? Well, gentlemen, I am thus resolved. On Sunday next, you know, my daughter Katharina is to be married. Now, on the Sunday following, shall Bianca be bride to you, if you this assurance. If not, Signor Gremio, and so I take my leave. And thank you both.
Adieu, good neighbor. Exit, Baptista. Now I fear thee not, Sirrah. Young gamester, your father were a fool to give thee all, and in his waning age set foot under thy table. Tut! A toy. An old Italian fox is not so kind, my boy. Exit. Vengeance on your crafty withered hide. Yet I have faced it with a card of ten. Tis in my head to do my master good. I see no reason but supposed Lucentio might get a father called supposed Vincentio. And that's a and that's a wonder. Fathers commonly do get their children. But in this case of wooing a child, which I'll get a sire, if I not fail not my turn. Exit. Act three, scene one, Padua, Baptista's house. Enter Lucentio, Hortensio, and Bianca. Fiddler, forbear, you grow too forward, sir. Have you some forgot the entertainment her sister Caterina welcomed you withal? Do you remember it? But a wrangling pedant, this is the patroness of heavenly harmony. Then give me leave to have prerogative. And when in music we have spent an hour, your lecture shall have leisure for as much. <laughs> Preposterous ass. That never read so far to know the cause why music was ordained. Was it not to refresh the mind of man after his studies or his usual pain? Then give me leave to read philosophy. And while I pause, serve in your harmony. Sirrah, I will not bear these braves of thine. Why, gentlemen, you do me double wrong to strive for that which resteth in my choice. I am no breaching scholar in the schools. I'll not be tied to hours nor to pointed times, but learn my lessons as I please myself. And to cut off all strife, here sit we down. Take you your instrument, play you the wiles. His lecture will be done ere you have tuned. You'll leave his lecture when I am in tune. That will be never. Tune your instrument. Where left we last? Here, madam. Hic ibat simuis, hic est sigea telus, hic steterat priami regia sosasenis. Construe them. Hic ebat, as I told you before, simuas, I am Lucentio. Hic est, son unto Vincentio of Pisa. Sigia teles, disguised thus to get your love. Hic steterat, and that Lucentio that comes a-wooing, Priami, is my man Tranio, Regia, bearing my port, Celsusenis, that we might beguile the old pantaloon. Madame, uh, my instrument is in tune. Let's hear. Oh, fie, the treble jars. Spit in the hole, man, and tune again. Now let me see if I can construe it. Hic ibat simois, I know you not. Hic est sigea telus, I trust you not. Hic uh, steterat priami, 
take heed, he hear us not. Regia, presume not. Celsa senis, despair not. Madame, tis now in tune. All but the base. The base is right. Tis the base knave that yours. How fiery and forward our pedant is. Now, for my life, the knave doth court my love. Fedaskiel, I'll watch you better yet. In time I may believe, yet I mistrust. Mistrust it not. For sure, Echides was Ajax, called so from his grandfather. I must believe my master, else I promise you I should be arguing still upon that doubt. But let it rest. Now, Licio, to you, good masters, take it not unkindly, pray, that I have been thus pleasant with you both. You may go walk and give me leave a while. My lessons make no music in three parts. Are you so formal, sir? Well, I must wait. And watch withal, for I be deceived our fine musician groweth amorous. Madam, before you touch the instrument to learn the order of my fingering, I must begin with the rudiments of art to teach you gamuts in a briefer sort, more pleasant, pithy, and effectual than hath been taught by any of my trade. And there it is in writing, fairly drawn. Why, I am past my gamut long ago. Yet, read the gamut of Hortensio. Gamut. I am the ground of all accord. A, Ray, to plead Hortensio's passion. B, me, Bianca, take him for thy lord. C, fa, e, ut, that loves with all affection. D, sol, re, one clef, two notes have I. E, la, me, show pity or I die. Call you this gamut. I know it not. I like it not. Old fashions please me best. I'm not so nice to change true rules for old inventions. Enter a servant. Mistress, your father prays you leave your books. Uh, and help, help to dress your sister's chamber up. You know tomorrow is the wedding day. Farewell, sweet masters both. I must be gone. Exunt Bianca and servant. Faith mistress, then I have no cause to stay. Exit. But I have cause to pry into this pedant. Methinks he looks as though he were in love. Yet, if thy thoughts, Bianca, be so humble to cast thy wandering eyes on every stale, seize thee that list. If once I find thee ranging, Hortensio will be quit with thee by changing. Exit. Scene two, Padua, before Baptista's house. Enter Baptista, Gremio, Tranio, Caterina, Bianca, Lucentio, and others, attendants. Signor Lucentio, this is the point of day that Caterina and Petruchio should be married, and yet we hear not of our son-in-law. What will be said? What mockery will it be to want the bridegroom when the priest attends to speak the ceremonial rites of marriage? What says Lucentio to this shame of ours? No shame, but mine. 
I must, forsooth, be forced to give my hand, opposed against my heart unto a mad-brained rude speed full of spleen, who wooed in haste and means wed at leisure. I told you, I, he was a frantic fool, hiding his bitter jests in blunt behavior. And to be noted for a merry man, he'll woo a thousand, point the day of marriage, make feasts, invite friends, and proclaim the bans, yet never means to wed where he hath wooed. Now must the world point at poor Katerina and say, lo, there is mad Petruchio's wife, if it would please him, come and marry her. Patience, good Katerina, and Baptista too. Upon my life, Petruchio means but well, whatever fortune stays him from his word. Though he be blunt, I know him passing wise. Though he be merry, yet withal, he is honest. Good Katerina had never seen him, though. Exit, weeping, followed by Bianca and others. Uh, go, girl. I cannot blame thee now to weep, for such an injury would vex a very saint, much more a shrew of thy impatient humor. Enter Biondello. Master, master, news, old news, and such news as you never heard of. Is it new and old, too? How may that be? Why, it is not news to hear of Petruchio's coming. Is he come? Why, no, sir. What, then? He is coming. When will he be here? When he stands where I am and sees you there. But say, what to thine old news? Why, Petruchio is coming in a new hat and an old jerkin and a pair of old breeches thrice turned, a pair of boots that have been candle cases, one buckled, another laced, an old rusty sword taken out of a town armory with a broken hilt and chapless with two broken points, his horse hipped with an old mothy saddle and stirrups of no kindred, besides, possessed with the glanders and like to mows in the chine, troubled with the lampus, infected with the fashions, full of wingdulls, sped with spavens, rayed with yellows, past cure of the fives, stark spoiled with the staggers, benawn of the bots, swayed in the back and shoulder shotten, near-legged before and with a half-checked bit and a headstall of sheep's leather, which, being restrained to keep him from stumbling, hath been often burst and now repaired with knots. One girth, six-time pieced, and a woman's crupper of velour which have two letters for her name fairly set down in studs and here and there pieced with pack thread. Uh, who comes with him? Oh, sir, his lackey, for all the world caparisoned like the horse, with a linen stock on one leg and a cursy boot hose on the other, gartered with a red and blue list, an old hat and the humor of forty fancies pricked in it for a feather, a monster, a very monster in apparel, and not like a Christian footboy or a gentleman's lackey. Tis some odd humor pricks him to this fashion, yet oftentimes he goes by mean apparel. I'm glad he's come, howsoe'er he comes. Why, sir, he comes not. Didst thou not say he comes? Who, that Petruchio came? I that Petruchio came. No, sir, I say his horse comes with him on his back. Why, that's all one. 
Nay, by Saint Jamie, I hold you a penny. A horse and a man is more than one, and yet not by many. Enter Petruchio and Grumio. Come, where be these gallants? And who's at home? You are welcome, sir. Ah, and yet I come not well. And yet you halt not? Not, not so, so well apparelled as I wish you were. Oh, were it better I should rush in thus? But where is Kate? Where is my lovely bride? Oh, how does my father? Gentles! Methinks you frown, and wherefore gaze this goodly company, as if they saw some wondrous monument, or some comet, or unusual prodigy? Why, sir, you know this is your wedding day. Yeah. First were we sad, fearing you would not come. Now sadder that you come so unprovided. Fight off this habit. Shame to your estate, and eyesore to our solemn festival. And tells us what occasion of import have all so long detained you from your wife, and sent you hither so unlike yourself. Tedious it were to tell, and harsh to hear. Sufficeth I am come to keep my word, though in some parts enforced to digress, which at more leisure I will so excuse as you shall well be satisfied withal. But where is Kate? I stay too long from her. A morning wears. Tis time we were at church. No, no, see not your bride in these unreverent robes. Go to my chamber. Put on clothes of mine. Oh, oh not I, believe me. Thus, well, visitor. But thus, I trust you will not marry her. Good sooth, even thus. Therefore, had done with words. To me, she's married, not unto my clothes. Could I repair what she will wear in me, as I can change these poor accoutrements? T'were well for Kate, and better for myself. But what a fool am I to chat with you when I should bid good morrow to my bride and seal the title with a lovely kiss. Aha! Exit Petruchio and Grumio. He, he hath some meaning in his not attire. We will persuade him, be it possible, to put on better ere he go to church. Uh, I'll after him and see the event of this. St. Baptista, Gremio, in attendance. But to her love concerneth us to add her father's liking, which to bring to pass, as I before unparted to your worship, I am to get a man, whatever he be, it skills not much, will fit him to our turn, and he shall be Vincentio of Pisa, and make assurance here in Padua of greater sums than I have promised, so shall you quietly enjoy your hope and marry sweet Bianca with consent. Were it not that my fellow schoolmaster doth watch Bianca's steps so narrowly, twere good methinks to steal our marriage, which once performed, let all the worlds I know, I'll keep mine own, despite all of the world. That, by degrees, we mean to look into and watch our vantage in this business. We'll overreach the graybeard Gremio, the narrow prying father Minola, the quaint musician amorous Licio, all for my master's sake, Lucentio. Re-enter Gremio. Signor Gremio, came you from the church? 
As willingly as e'er I came from school. And is the bride and bridegroom coming home? A bridegroom, say you, huh? Tis a groom indeed, a grumbling groom, and that the girl shall find. Cursed her than she? Why, tis impossible. Why, he's a devil, a devil, a very fiend. Why, she's a devil, a devil, the devil's damp. Tut, she's a lamb, a dove, a, a fool to him, I tell you. Sir Lucentio, when the priest should ask if Caterina will be his wife, I, by Gog's wounds, quoth he, and swore so loud, and all amazed, the priest let fall the book. And as he stooped again to take it up, the mad-brained bridegroom took him such a cuff that down fell priest and book and book and priest. Now take them up, quoth he, if any list. What said the wench when he rose again? Trembled and shook, for why? He stamped and swore as if the vicar meant to cousin him, but... After many ceremonies done, he calls for wine. A health, quoth he, as if he'd been aboard, carousing to his mates after a storm, quaffed off the muscadel and threw the sops in the sexton's face, having no other reason but that his beard grew thin and hungrily and seemed to ask him sops as he was drinking. This done, he took the bride about the neck and kissed her lips with such a glamorous smack that at the parting all the church did echo, and seeing this came thence for very shame. And after me, I know the rout is coming. Such a mad marriage never was before. Hark, hark, I hear the minstrels. Music. Re-enter Petruchio, Caterina, Bianca, Baptista, Hortensio, Grumio, and Train. Ah, gentlemen and friends, I thank you for your pains. I know you think to dine with me today and have prepared great store of wedding cheer, but so it is my haste doth call me hence, and therefore here I mean to take my leave. It's possible you will away tonight. I must away today before night come. Make it no wonder. If you knew my business, you would entreat me rather go than stay. And honest company, I thank you all that have beheld me give my, away myself to this most patient, sweet, and virtuous wife. Dine with my father, drink a health to me, for I must hence, and farewell to you all. Let us entreat you, stays on. It may not be. Let me entreat you. It cannot be. Let me entreat you. Oh. I am content. Are you content to stay? I am content you shall entreat me stay, but yet not stay. Entreat me how you can. Now, if you love me, stay. Grumio, my horse. Ah, uh, sir, they be ready. They ought to be my horses. Uh. Nay, then, do what thou canst. I will not go today. No, nor tomorrow, nor till I please myself. Door is open, sir. There lies your way. You may be jogging while your boots are green. For me, I'll not be gone till I please myself. Tis like you'll prove a jolly, surly groom that take it on you at the first so roundly. Oh, Kate, content thee, prithee, be not angry. 
I will be angry. Ooh. What hast thou to do? Father, be quiet. He shall stay my leisure. Aye, Mary, sir. Now it begins to work. Gentlemen, forward to the bridal dinner. I see a woman may be made a fool if she had not a spirit to resist. They shall go forward, Kate, at thy command. <laughs> Obey the bride. You that attend on her, go to the feast. Revel and domineer. Carouse full measure to her maidenhead. Be mad and merry, or go hang yourselves. Eh? But for my bonnie Kate, she must with me. Nay, look not big, nor stamp, nor stare, nor fret. I will be master of what is mine own. She is my goods, my chattels. She is my house, my household stuff, my field, my barn, my horse, my ox, my ass, my anything. And oh. here she stands. Touch her who, whosoever dare. I bring mine action to the proudest of he. Draw forth thy weapons. We are beset with thieves. Rescue thy mistress, if thou be a man. Fear not, sweet wench. They shall not touch thee, Kate. Ha! I'll buckler thee against a million. Away! Exit Petruchio, Katerina, and Grumio. Nay, let them go. A couple of quiet ones. Would they not quickly, I should die with laughing. Of all mad matches, never was the like. Mistress? What's your opinion of your sister? That being mad herself, she's madly made it. <laughs> I warned him, Petruchio is cated. Neighbors and friends, though bride and bridegroom once, for to supply the places at the table, you know there wants no junkets at the feast. Lucencio, you shall supply the bridegroom's place, and let Bianca take her sister's room. Shall sweet Bianca practice how to bride it? She shall, Lucencio. Come, gentlemen. Let's go. Exit. Act 4, Scene 1, Petruchio's Country House. Enter Grumio. Fie, fie on all these tired jades and all mad masters and all foul ways. Ugh, was ever a man so beaten? Was ever a man so red? Was ever a man so wary? I am sent before to make a fire, and they are coming after to warm them. Now, were I not a little pot and soon hot, my very lips might freeze to my teeth, and my tongue to the roof of my mouth, and my heart to my berry, my belly, ere I should come by a fire to thaw me. But I, with blowing on the fire, shall warm myself up. For considering the weather, a taller man than I will take cold. Holler ho, Curtis. Enter Curtis. Who is that call so coldly? A piece of ice. And if thou doubts, thou mayest slide from my shoulder to my heel with no greater a run but my head to my neck. A fire, good Curtis. Is my master and his wife coming, Grumio? Ah, Curtis, I, and therefore fire. Fire, cast down no water. Is she so hot a shrew as she's reported? She was, good Curtis, before this frost. But... Thou knowest, winter tames man, women, and beast, for it hath tamed my old master and my new mistress and myself, fellow Curtis. Away, you three-inch fool. I am no beast. Am I but three inches? Why, thy horn is a foot, and so long as I am at, I 
I am at the least. <laughs> but wilt thou make a fire? Or shall I complain on thee to our mistress, whose hand she had now, now at hand? Thou shalt soon feel to thy cold comfort for being slow in thy hot office. I prithee, good Grumio, tell me, how goes the world? Oh, a cold world, Curtis, in every office but thine. And therefore, fire. Do thy duty, and have thy duty, for thy master and mistress are almost frozen to death. There's fire ready, and therefore, good Grumio, the news. Oh, why, Jack boy, ho boy, and as much news as will fall. Come, you are so full of coney catching. Why, therefore, fire, for I have caught extreme cold. Now, where's the cook? Is supper ready? Is the house trimmed? Russia stewed, cobweb swept, the serving man in their new fusions, and the white stockings and every officer in his wedding garment on? Be the jacks fair within the jills, fair without, and the carpets laid and everything in order? Already, and therefore, I pray thee, news. Mm -hmm. Okay. First, know my horse is tired, and my master and mistress have fallen out. How? out of their saddles and into the dirt and thereby hangs a tail let's have it good grumio uh, lend that ear here there strikes him this is to feel a tail not to hear a tail therefore tis called a sensible tail and this cuff was but to knock at your ear and beseech you listening now i begin and premise, we came down a foul hill, my master riding behind my mistress. Both of one horse? What's that to thee? Why a horse? Tell thou the tale then, hmm? But hast thou not crossed me, thou shouldst have heard how her horse fell and she under the horse. Thou shouldst have heard and how merry a place, how she was bemoiled, how she left her uh, uh, how he left her with her horse upon her, how he bait me because her horse stumbled, and how she waded through the dirt to pluck him off me, and how he swore, and how she prayed that never prayed before, and oh, how I cried, how the horses ran away, and how her bridles burst, and how I lost my crupper, with many things of worthy memory, which now shall die in oblivion, and thou return unexperienced to thy grave. By this reckoning, he is more shrew than she. Ah, and that thou, the proudest of you, all shall find when he comes home. But what talk I of this? No, no, come on. Call for Nathaniel, Joseph, Nicholas, Philip, Walter, Sugar Soap, and the rest. Let their heads be sleekly cloned and their blue coats brushed and their garters of a different knit. Let them curtsy with their left legs and not presume to touch a hair on my master's horse tail till they kiss their hands. Are they all ready? They are. We'll call them forth. Do you hear, Ho? You must meet my master to countenance my mistress. Why, she has a face of her own. Who knows not that? Thou, it seems, that calls for company to countenance her. I call them forth to credit her. Yes, she comes to borrow nothing of them. Enter four or five serving men. Welcome home, Grumio! 
Joseph. It's, Report for duty. It's Philip. I know. Philip. Fine, Philip. <laughs> How now, Grumio? What Grumio? Hello, Grumio. How now, old lad? Oh, welcome you. How you now? What you? I'll fellow you. You have thus much for greeting. Now, my spruce companions is all ready. Everything ready and neat? All things is ready. How near is our master? Hand in hand, aligned by this, and therefore be no. Well, cough, passion, silence. I hear my master. Enter Petruchio and Katerina. Where be these knaves? What, no man at the door to hold my stirrup nor take my horse? Where is Nathaniel? Gregory? Philip? Here, sir. Here, here, here. sir. Here. 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 here, sir. Here, sir. Here, sir. Here, sir. Here, sir. You logger-headed and unpolished grooms. What? No attendance? No regard? No duty? Where is the foolish knave I sent before? Here, sir. As foolish as I was before. Oh. <laughs> you peasant swain, huh? You horse on malt horse drudge. Did I not bid thee meet me? in the park and bring along these rascal knaves with thee, huh? Well, Nathaniel's coat, sir, was not fully made, and Gabriel's pumps were all unpinked in the heel, and there was no link to color Peter's hat, and Walter's dagger was not come from sheathing. There was none fine but Adam, Ralph, and Gregory, and the rest were ragged old and beggarly. Yet, as they are, here they are to come and meet you. Oh. Go, rascals, go. And fetch my supper in. Exempt servants. Where is the life that laid I led? Where are those? Sit down, Kate, and welcome. Sound! 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 Re-enter servants with supper. Why, when I say, Nay, good sweet Kate, be merry off with my boots, you rogues! You villains, when? It was the friar of orders gray, as he forth walked on his way. Ah, ah, ow, ow, out, you rogue! Pluck my foot of thine! Take this and mend the plucking of the other! Be merry, Kate. Some water here, what ho! Where's my spaniel? Troilus! Sirrah, get you hence, and bid my cousin Ferdinand come hither. The one, Kate, that you must kiss and be acquainted with. Where are my slippers? Shall I have some water? Enter one with water. Oh, come, Kate, and wash, and welcome heartily. You, horse and villain, will you let it fall? Patience, I pray you, t'was a folk unwilling. A horse and beetle-headed flap-eared knave. Come, Kate, sit down. I know you have a stomach. Will you give thanks, sweet Kate? Or shall I? <clears throat> What's this? Mutton? I. Who brought it? I. <sighs> Tis burnt, and so is all the meat. What dogs are these? Where is the rascal cook? How durst you villains bring it from the dresser and serve it thus to me that love it not? If 
take it to you. Trenches, cups, and all. Throws the meat about the stage. Ah. You heedless joltheads and unmannered slaves! What do you grumble? I'll be with you straight. I pray you, husband, be not so disquiet. The meat was well if you were so contented. Oh, I tell thee, Kate, it was burnt and dried away, and I expressly am forbid to touch it, for it engenders choler, planteth anger, and better twere that both of us did fast, since of ourselves, ourselves are choleric, than feed it with such over-roasted flesh. Be patient. Tomorrow shall be mended, and for this night, we'll fast for company. Uh, come! I will bring thee to thy bridal chamber. Exit. Re-enter servants severally. Peter, didst ever see the like? He kills her in her own humor. Re-enter Curtis. Uh, where is he? In her chamber, making a sermon of continency to her, and rails and swears and rates that she, poor soul, knows not which way to stand, to look, to speak, and sits as one new risen from a dream. Away, away, for he is coming hither. Exent. Re-enter Petruchio. <sighs> Thus have I begun politically my reign, and tis my hope to end successfully. My falcon now is sharp and passing empty. Until she stoop, she must not be full-gorged, for then she never looks upon her lure. <laughs> uh. Another way I have to man my haggard, to make her come and know her keeper's call. That is, to watch her, as we watch these kites that bait and beat and will not be obedient. Oh. She eat no meat today, nor none shall eat. Last night she slept not, nor tonight she shall not. As with the meat, some undeserved fault I'll find about the making of the bed. And here, I'll fling the pillow. There the bolster. This way, the coverlet, another way, the sheets. Aye, and amid this hurly, I'll intend that all is done in reverent care of her. And in conclusion, she shall watch all night. And if she chance to nod, I'll rail and brawl and with the clamor keep her still awake. This is a way to kill a wife with kindness. Hmm. And thus, I'll curb her mad and headstrong humor. He that knows better how to tame a shrew, now let him speak. Tis charity to show. Exit. Scene two, Padua, before Baptista's house, and Tertranio and Hortensio. Is it possible, friend Licio, that Mistress Bianca doth fancy any other but Lucentio? I tell you, sir, she bears me fair in hand. Sir, to satisfy you in what I have said, stand by and mark the manner of his teaching. Enter Bianca and Lucentio. Now, mistress. Profit you in what you read. What, master, read you? First resolve me that. I read that I profess the art to love. And may you prove, sir, master of your art. How you, sweet dear, prove mistress of my heart. Quick proceeders, marry! Now, tell me, I pray you that durst swear at your mistress Bianca loved none in the world so well as Lutentio. Oh, despiteful love, unconstant womankind. I tell thee, Lichio, this is wonderful. 
mistake no more. I am not the T.O., nor a musician, as I seem to be, but one that scorned to live in this disguise. For such a one as leaves a gentleman and makes a god of such a cullion now, now no, sir, that I am called Hortensio. Hmm. Signor Hortensio, I have often heard of your entire affection to Bianca, and since mine eyes are witness of her lightness, I will with you, if you be so contented, Forswear Bianca and her love forever. See how they kiss and court. Signor Lucentio, here is my hand, and here I firmly vow never to woo her no more, but do forswear her as one unworthy all the former favors that I have fondly flattered her withal. And here I take the unfeigned, uh, the unfeigned oath never to marry with her, though she would entreat. Fie on her. See how beastly she doth court him. Would all the world, but he had quite forsworn. For me, that I may surely to keep my oath, I will be married to a wealthy widow, ere three days pass, which hath as long loved me as I have loved this proud, disdainful haggard. And so farewell. Said Signor Lucentio, Kindness in women, not their beauteous looks, shall win my love. And so I take my leave in resolution, as I swore before. Exit. Mistress Bianca, bless you with such grace as longeth to a lover's blessed case. Nay, I have taken you napping, gentle love, and have forsworn you with Hortensia. Tranio, you jest. But have you both forsworn me? Mistress... We have. And we are rid of Lysio. In faith, he'll have a lusty widow now that shall be wood and wedded in a day. Wood, sorry, and wedded in a day. God give him joy. Aye, and he'll tame her. He says so, Tranio. Faith, he is gone on to the taming school. The taming school? What, is there I, such a place? Aye, mistress, and Petruchio is the master that teacheth tricks eleven and twenty long to tame a shrew and charm her chattering tongue. Enter Biondello. Oh, master, master, I have watched so long that I am dog-weary, but at last I spied an ancient angel coming down the hill will serve the turn. What is he, Biondello? Master, a mercatante, or a pedant. I, I know not what, but format in apparel and gait and countenance surely like a father. And what of him, Tranio? If she be credulous and trust my tale, I'll make him glad to seem Vincentio and give assurance to Baptista Manola as if he were the right Vincentio. Take in your love and then leave me alone. Exit Lucentio and Bianca. Enter a pedant. God save you, sir. And you, sir, you are welcome. Travel you far on, or are you at the farthest? Sir, at the farthest for a week or two, but then up further and as far as Rome, and so to Tripoli, if God lend me life. What countrymen, I pray? Of Mantua. Of Mantua, sir. Mary, God forbid, and come to Padua careless of your life. My life, sir. How I, I pray, for that goes hard. Tis death, 
for anyone in Mantua to come to Padua? Know you not the cause? Your ships are stayed at Venice, and the Duke, for private quarrel twixt your Duke and him, hath published and proclaimed it openly. Tis marvel, but that you are but newly come. You might have heard it else proclaimed about. Alas, sir, it is worse for me than so, for I have bills for money by exchange from Florence, and must here deliver them. Well, sir, to do you courtesy, this will I do, and this I will advise you. First, tell me, have you ever been at Pisa? I, sir, in Pisa have I often been. Pisa, renowned for grave citizens. Mm -hmm. Among them, know you one Vincentia? I know him not, but I have heard of him, a merchant of incomparable wealth. Yes, he is my father, sir. And sooth to say, in countenance, somewhat doth resemble you. As much as an apple doth an oyster, and all one. To save your life in this extremity, this favor will I do for his sake. And think it not the worst of an of in your fortunes that you are like to Sir Vincentio. His name and credit shall you undertake, and in my house you shall be friendly lodged. Look that you take upon you as you should. You understand me, sir. So shall you stay till you have done your business in the city. If this be courtesy, sir, accept of it. Oh, sir, I do, and will repute you ever the patron of my life and liberty. Ah, then go with me to make the matter good. This, by the way, I let you understand, my father is here looked for every day to pass assurance of a dower in marriage twixt me and one Baptista's daughter here. In all these circumstances, I'll instruct you. Go with me to clothe you as becomes you. Exit. Scene three, a room in Petruchio's house. Enter Caterina and Grumio. No, no, forsooth, I dare not for my life. The more my wrong, the more his spite appears. What? Did he marry me to famish me? Beggars that come unto my father's door upon entreaty have a present aims, or if not, elsewhere they meet with char elsewhere they meet with charity. But I who never knew how to entreat, nor never needed that I should entreat them. Starved for meat, giddy for lack of sleep, with oh, kept waking and with brawling fed, and that which spites me more than all these wants. He does it under name of perfect love, as who should say if I should sleep or eat, twere deadly sickness or else present death. I prithee, go and, and get me some repast. I care not what, so it be wholesome food. Well, what say you to a neat's foot? It is passing good. I prithee, let me have it. Oh, see, I fear it is too chloric a meat. Hmm. Uh, well, how say you to a fat tripe finely broiled? I like it well. Good Grumio, fetch it me. Well, I, I cannot tell. I, I fear euphoric. Um, well, okay, now what say you to a piece of beef and mustard? A dish that 
I do love to feed upon. Ah, 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 but the mustard is too hot a little. Poison the beast and let the mustard rest. Oh, nay then, I will not. You shall have the mustard or else you get no beef from Grumio. Then both or one or anything thou wilt. Why then? The mustard without the beef. Go, get thee gone, thou false, deluding slave that feeds me with the very name of meat. Sorrow on thee and all the pack of you that triumph thus upon my misery. Go, I get thee, get thee gone, I say. Enter Petruchio and Hortensio with meat. How fares my Kate? What? Sweeting? A la morta? Mistress, what cheer? What, what cheer? Oh dear. Hey, it's been frozen. Romeo, you didn't give her mustard without the meat, did you? Grumio. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're back. We're back. All right. As frozen as can be. Very good. Uh -uh. How fares my Kate? What sweeting, Alamort? Uh, mistress, what cheer? Faith, as frozen as can be. Ah, pluck up thy spirits. Look cheerfully upon me. Here, love, thou seest how diligent I am to dress thy meat myself and bring it thee. I am sure, sweet Kate, this kindness merits thanks. What? Not a word? Nay, then thou lovest it not. Rely on my pain. Disordered to no proof. Here. Take away the dish. I pray you, let it stand. The poorest service is repaid with thanks, and so shall mine before you touch the meat. I thank you, sir. Ah. Senor Petruchio, why, you are to blame. Come, Mistress Kate, I'll bear you company. Mm. Eat it all up, Hortensio, if thou lovest me. Much good do it unto thy gentle heart. <laughs> Kate, eat a pace. And now, my honey love, will we return unto thy father's house and revel it as bravely as the best with silken coats and caps and golden rings with ruffs and cuffs and potting bales and things with scarves and fans and double change of bravery with amber bracelets, beads, and all this knavery. What? Hast thou dined? The tailor stays thy leisure to deck thy body with his ruffling treasure. Enter tailor. Ah, come tailor, let us see these ornaments. Lay forth the gown. Enter haberdasher. Oh, what's news with you, sir? Here is the cap your worship did bespeak. Oh, why, this was molded on a porringer, a velvet Dish, fie, fie, this lewd and filthy. Why, tis a cockle, or a walnut shell, a knack, a toy, a trick, 
a baby's cap. Away with it. Come, let me have a bigger. I'll have no bigger. This does fit the time. Uh, when you are gentle, you so shall have. Much. Oh. So much that I'm gonna get another script. Mm -hmm. All right then. Well, I'm just gonna eat more of my chips. I think it's going very well so far. Yeah, it's for two kilos. Yeah. Oh, oh, kettle, nice. I went barbecue. Um. Here, here, feed me a chip, feed me a chip. Magic. You have the best food at your place. Oh, I know, right? Not that Kate would know. No. Wow. No. I, I have the script in PDF form. Do you want me to share it? Share my screen? My computer just died, so I'm going off my cell phone. We start a GoFundMe for Tori's uh, in internet bill because she needs an upgrade so yeah. badly. For the price of a cup of coffee, you too could pitch towards Tori Urquhart having better internet service. Okay. I'll have no bigger. This stuff fits the time. And gentlewomen wear such caps as these. When you are gentle, you shall have one too. And not till then. That will not be in haste. Why, sir? I trust I may have leave to speak, and speak I will. I am no child, no babe. Your betters have endured me, say my mind, and if you cannot, best you stop, best you stop your ears. My tongue will tell the anger of my heart, or else my heart, concealing it, will break. And rather than it shall, I will be free even to the uttermost, as I please, in words. Why, thou sayest true. It is a paltry cap, a custard coffin, a bauble, a silken pie. I love thee well in that thou likest it not. Love me or love me not, I like the cap. And it I will have or I shall have none. Exit Haberdasher. Mm, thy gown? Aye, aye. Come, Taylor. Let us see it. Oh, mercy God. What masking stuff is here? What's this? What's this? A sleeve? Tis like a demi-cannon. What, up and down, carved like an apple tart? Here's a snip and nip and cut and slish and slash. Like to a censor in a barber's shop. Why, what in devil's name, Taylor? Call us out, bitch. I see she's like to have neither cap nor gown. Um, you bid me make it orderly and well, according to the fashion and the time. Mary, and did. But if you remembered, I did not bid you mar it to the time. Go, hop me over every kennel home, for you shall hop without my custom, sir. I'm none of it. Heads, make your best of it. I never saw a better fashioned gown. More quaint, more pleasing, nor more commendable. 
You like you mean to make a puppet of me. Why true? He means to make a puppet of thee. Uh, she says your worship means to make a puppet of her? Oh, oh monstrous arrogance. Thou liest, thou thread, thou thimble, the yard. Three quarters, half yard, quarter, nail! Thou flee, thou knit, thou winter cricket, thou braved in mine own house with a sky, thou thread! Away, thou rag, thou quantity, thou remnant, or I shall be so to meet thee with thy yard, as thou shalt think on prating, whilst thou livest. I tell thee, I, that thou hast marred her gown, your worship is deceived. The gown is made just as my master had direction. Romeo gave order how it should be done. Oh, I gave him no order. I gave him the stuff. But how did you desire it should be made? Mary, sir, with a needle and thread. But did you not request to have it cut? Thou hast faced many things. I have. Well, face not me. Thou hast braved many men, brave not me. I will neither be faced nor brave. I say unto thee, I bid thy master cut out the gown, but I did not bid him cut it into pieces. Ergo, thou liest. Why, here's the note of the fashion to testify. Read it. The note lies enthroned if he says, I said so. Imprimis, a loose-bodied gown. Master, if I ever said loose-bodied gown, sew me in the skirts of it and bait me to death with the bottom of a brown thread. I said gown. Hmm. Proceed. With a small compressed cape. Oh, okay. I confessed the cape. Hmm. With a trunk sleeve. I confessed two sleeves. The sleeves curiously cut. Aye, there's the villainy. Error in the bill, sir, error in the bill. I commanded that the sleeve should be cut out and sewed up again, that I'll prove upon thee thou thy little finger be armed in a thimble. This is true that I say, and I had thee in place where thou shouldst know it. I am for thee straight. Take thou the bill, give me thy yardstick, and spare me not. God of mercy, Grumio, then he shall have no odds. Well, sir, in brief, the gown is not for me. You are in the right, sir, tis for my mistress. Uh, go, take it up unto thy master's use. Really? Not for thy life? Take up my mistress's gown for thy master's use? Why, sir, what's your conceit mm -hmm. in that? Oh, sir, the conceit is deeper than you'd think for it. Take up my mistress's gown to my master's use. Oh, fine, 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 fine. <sighs> Hortensio, say thou wilt see the tailor paid. Go it hence, be gone, and say no more. Tailor, I'll pay thee for thy gown tomorrow. Take no unkindness of his hasty word. Away, I say, commend me to thy master. Exit, Taylor. Well... Come, my Kate, we will unto your fathers, even in these honest, mean habiliments. Our purses shall be proud, our garments poor, for tis the mind 
that makes the body rich. And as the sun breaks through the darkest clouds, so honor peereth in the meanest habit. What? Is the jay more precious than the lark because his feathers are more beautiful? <laughs> or is the adder better than the eel because his painted skin contents the eye? Oh, no, good Kate, neither art thou the worse for this poor furniture and mean array. If thou accountst it shame, lay it on me. And therefore, frolic, we will henceforth with to feast and sport us at thy father's house. <laughs> Go, call my men, and let us straight to him, and bring our horses unto Long Lane End. There will we mount, and thither walk on foot. Let's see. I think tis now some seven o'clock, and well, we may come there by dinner time. I dare assure you, sir, tis almost two, and twill be supper time ere you come there. It shall be seven ere I go to a horse. Look what I speak, or do, or think to do. You are still crossing it. Sirs, let it alone. I will not go today. And ere I do, it shall be what o'clock I say it is. Why? Hmm. Oh, this gallant will command the sun. Exit. Scene four, Padua before Baptista's house, and Tertranio and the pedant dressed like Vincenzo. Sir, this is the house. Please it you that I call. Aye, what else? And, but I be deceived, Signor Baptista may remember me. Near twenty years ago, in Genoa, when, where we were lodgers at the Pegasus. Tis well, and hold your own in any case, with such austerity as long to follow. I warrant you. Enter Biondello. But, sir, here comes your boy. Twere good you were schooled. Fear you not him. Sir Biondello, now, do your duty thoroughly, I advise you. Imagine twere the right Vincentio. Tut, fear me not. Fear not me. But uh, hast thou done... Sorry, that's you. I told him that your father was at Venice and that you looked for him this day in Padua. Thou art a tall fellow. Hold thee that to drink. Here comes Baptista. Set your countenance, sir. Enter Baptista and Lucentio. Signor Baptista, <laughs> you are happily met. Sir, this is the gentleman I told you of. I pray you stand good father to me now. Give me Bianca for my patrimony. Soft son, <laughs> sir, by your leave, having come to Padua to gather in some debts, my son, Lucentio, made me acquainted with a weighty cause of love between your daughter and himself. And for the good report I hear of you, and for the love he beareth to your daughter and she to him, to stay him not too long, I am content and in good father's care to have him matched. And if you please to like no worse than I, upon some agreement, me, sh me you shall you find ready and willing with one consent to have her so bestowed. For curious I cannot be with you, Signor Baptista, of whom I hear so well. Sir, <clears throat> pardon me in what I have to say. Your plainness and your shortness pleases me well. Quite true it is. Son Lucentio here doth love my daughter, and she loveth him. 
or both dissemble deeply their affections. And therefore, if you say no more than this, that like a father, you will deal with him and pass my daughter a sufficient dower. The match is made and all is done. Your son shall have my daughter with consent. I thank you, sir. Where then do you know best we shall uh, we be a fine and such assurance taken as shall with, with either part's agreement stand? Not in my house, Lucencio, for you know, pitchers have ears, and I have many servants. Besides, old Gremio is hearkening still, and happily we might be interrupted. Then at my lodging, and it like you, there doth my father lie, and there this night will pass the business privately and well. Send for your daughter by your servant here. My boy shall fetch the scrivener presently. The worst is this, that as that at so slender warning, you are like to have a thin and slender pittance. It likes me well. Biandello, hie you home and bid Bianca make her ready straight. And if you will, tell what hath happened. Lucencio's father is arrived in Padua, and how she's like to be Lucencio's wife. I pray the gods she may with all my heart. Dally not with the gods, but get thee gone. Exit Biandello. Senor Baptista, shall I lead the way? Welcome. One mess is like to be your cheer. Come, sir, we will better it in Pisa. I follow you. Exit Tranio, Pedant, and Baptista, and re-enter Biondello. Cambio! What sayest thou, Biondello? You saw my master wink and laugh upon you? Biondello, what of that? Faith, nothing, but has left me here behind to expound the meaning of moral or moral of his signs and tokens. I pray thee, moralize them. Then thus, Baptista is safe, talking with the deceiving father of a deceitful son. And what of him? His daughter is to be brought by you to the supper. And then? The old priest of St. Luke's Church is at your command at all hours. And, uh... What of all of this? I cannot tell. Expect they are busied about a counterfeit assurance. Take you assurance of her. Come privilegio ad imprimendum solemn. To the church, take the priest, clerk, and some sufficient honest witnesses. If this be not that you look for, I have no more to say. But bid Bianca farewell forever and a day. Hearest thou, Biandello? I cannot tarry. I knew a wench married in an afternoon as she went to the garden for parsley to stuff a rabbit. And so may you, sir. And so adieu, sir. My master hath appointed me to go to St. Luke's to bid the priest be ready to come against you come, uh, to bid the priest be ready to come against you come with your appendix. Exit. I may and will if she be so contented. Oh, she will be pleased. And wherefore should I doubt? Hap what hap may, I'll roundly go about her. It shall go hard if Cambio go without her. Exit. Scene five, a public road. Enter Petruchio, Caterina, Hortensio, and servants. Uh, come on, in God's name, once more towards our fathers. Good Lord, how bright and goodly shines the moon. 
the moon, the sun. It is not moonlight now. I say it is the moon that shines so bright. I know it is the sun that shines so bright. Oh, now by my mother's sun, and that's myself, it shall be moon or star or what I list, or ere I journey your father's house. Go on and fetch our horses back again. Evermore crossed and crossed, nothing but crossed. Say as he says, or we shall never go. Forward, I pray, since we have come so far. And be it moon, or sun, or what you please. And if you please to call it a rush candle, henceforth I vow it shall be so for me. I say it is the moon. I know. It is the moon. Oh, they, then you lie. It is the blessed sun. Then, God, be blessed. It is the blessed sun. But sun it is not when you say it is not. And the moon changes even as your mind. What you will have it named, even that it is. And so it shall be for Katerina. Petruchio. Go thy ways, the field is won. Well, uh, forward, forward. Thus the bowl should run, and not unluckily against the bias. Uh, but soft, company is coming here. Enter Vincenzo. Oh, good morrow, gentle mistress. Where away? Tell me, sweet Kate, and tell me truly too. Hast thou beheld a fresher, gentle woman? Such war of white and red within her cheeks. Oh, what stars do spangle heaven with such beauty? And those two lovely eyes become that heavenly face. <laughs> Fair lovely maid, once more, good day to thee. Sweet Kate, embrace her for her beauty's sake. It will make the man mad to make a woman of him. Young, budding, virgin. Fair and fresh and sweet. Whither away, or where is thy abode? Happy the parents of so fair a child. Happier the man whom favorable stars allot thee for this, for his lovely bedfellow. Why, how now, Kate? I hope thou art not mad. This is a man, old, wrinkled, faded, withered, and not a maiden, as thou sayest he is. Pardon, old father. My mistaking eyes that have been so bedazzled with the sun that everything I look on seemeth green. Now I perceive thou art a reverend father. Pardon, I pray thee, for my mad mistaking. Go, good old grandsire, and withal make known which way thou travelest. If along with us, we shall be joyful of thy company. Fair sir, and you, my merry mistress, that with your strange encounter much amazed me. My name is called Vincentio, my dwelling Pisa, and bound I am to Padua, there to visit a son of mine, which long I have not seen. What is his name? Lucentio, good sir. Happily we met, the happier for thy son, and now by law, as well as reverend age, I may entitle thee my loving father. 
the sister to my wife, this gentlewoman, thy son by this hath married. I wonder not, nor be grieved, she is of good esteem, her dowry wealthy and of worthy birth, beside so qualified as may beseem, the spouse of any noble gentleman. Let me embrace with old Vincenzo, and wander we to see thy honest son, who will of thy rival be full joyous. But is it true? Or else is it your pleasure, like pleasant travelers, to break a jest upon the company you overtake? I do assure thee, father, so it is. Come, go along and see the truth of it, for our first merriment hath made thee jealous. Exempt all but er, Hortensio. Well, Petruchio, this has put me in heart. Have to my widow, and if she be forward, then hast thou taught Hortensio to be untoward. Exit. Act 5, Scene 1, Padua, before Lucentio's house. Gremio discovered, enter behind Biondello, Lucentio, and Bianca. Softly and swiftly, sir, for the priest is ready. I fly, Biondello, but they may chance to need thee at home, therefore leave us. Nay, Faith, I'll see the church on your back, and then come back to my masters as soon as I can. Exit Lucentio, Bianca, and Biondello. Marvel, Cambio comes not all this while. Enter Petruchio, Caterina, Vincenzo, and Grumio with attendance. Sir, here's the door. This is Lucentio's house. My father's bears more toward the marketplace. Thither must I, and here I leave you, sir. You shall not choose but drink before you go. I think I shall command your welcome here, and by all likelihood some cheers toward. Uh, they're, they're busy within. Yeah, you were best knock louder. Pedant looks out the window. What's he that knocks as he would beat down the gate? Is Signor Lucentio within, sir? He's within, sir, but not to be spoken withal. What if a man bring him a hundred pound or two to make merry withal? Keep your hundred pounds to yourself. He shall need none, so long as I live. Uh, nay, I told you your son was well-beloved in Padua. Do you hear, sir? To leave frivolous circumstances, I pray you, tell Signor Lucentio that his father is come from Pisa and is here at the door to speak with him. Thou liest. His father is come from Padua and here, looking out at the window. Art thou his father? Thy, sir. So his mother says, if if I may believe her. Why, how now, gentleman? Why, this is flat knavery to take upon you another man's name. Well, lay hands on the villain. I believe a means to cozen somebody in this city under my countenance. Re-enter Biondello. I have seen them in the church together. God send him good shipping. But who is here? Mine old master, Vincentio? Now we are undone and brought to nothing. Come hither, crackhemp! Hope I may choose, sir. Come hither, you rogue. What, have you forgot me? Forgot you? No, sir, I could not forget you, for I never saw you before in all my life. What, you notorious villain! Didst thou never see thy master's father, Vincentio? What, my old worshipful old master? Yes, marry, sir. See where he looks out of the window? Is so indeed. 
beats Biandello. Help! 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 Here's a madman will murder me! Exit. The help, son! The help, Senor Baptista! Exit from above. Really, Kate, let's stand aside and see the end of this uh, controversy. They retire. Re-enter pedant below, Tranio, Baptista, and servants. Sir, what are you that offer to beat my servant? What am I, sir? Nay, what are you, sir? Oh, immortal gods! Oh, fine villain! A silken doublet! A velvet hose! A scarlet cloak! And a capitaine hat! Oh, I am undone! I am undone! Well, I played a good husband at home, my son and my servant spend all at the university! How now? What's the matter? What? Is the man lunatic? Sir, you seem a sober, ancient gentleman by your habit, but your words show you a mad. Why, sir, what concerns it you if I wear pearl and gold? I thank my good father I am able to maintain it. Thy father, oh, villain, he is a sailmaker in Bergamo. You mistake, sir, you mistake, sir. Pray, what do you think is his name? His name? As if I knew not his name. I have brought him up ever since he was three years old, and his name is Tranio. Away! Away, away, mad ass! His name is Lucentio, and he is mine only son and heir to the lands of me, Signor Vincentio. Lucentio? Oh, he hath murdered his master. Lay hold on him, I charge you, in the Duke's name. Oh, my son, my son, tell me, thou villain, where is my son, Lucentio? I call forth an officer. Carry this mad knave to the goal, to the gaol. Father Baptista, I charge you, see that he be forthcoming. Carry me to the jail. Stay, officer. He shall not go to prison. Talk not, Signor Gremio. I say he shall go to prison. Take heed, Signor Baptista, lest you be coney catched in this business. I dare swear this is the right Vincenzo. Swear, if thou darest. Nay, I dare not swear it. Then thou wert best say that I am not Lucentio. Yes, I, I know thee to be Signor Lucentio. Away with the dotard to the jail with him. Thus strangers may be hailed and abused. Oh, monstrous villain! Re-enter Biondello with Lucentio and Bianca. Oh, we are spoiled, and yonder he is. Deny him, forswear him, or else we are all undone. Pardon, sweet father. Lives my sweet son. Exit Biondello, Tranio, and Pedant as fast as may be. Pardon, dear father. How hast thou offended? Where is Lucentio? Here's Lucentio. Right son to the right, Vincentio. That have by marriage made thy daughter mine, while counterfeit supposed, supposes bleared thine eye. There's packing with, with the witness to deceive us all. Where is that? Damned villain Tranio that faced and braved me in this matter so. Why, tell me, is not this my Cambio? Cambio is changed into Lucentio. Love wrought these miracles. Bianca's love made me exchange my state with Tranio. Well, 
he did bear my countenance in the town, and haply I have arrived at the last into the wished haven of my bliss. But Tranio did myself and forced him to, then pardon him, sweet father, for my sake. I'll slit the villain's nose that would have sent me to the jail. What do you hear, sir? Have you married my daughter without asking my good will? Fear not, Baptista, we will content you. Go to. But I will in to be revenged for this villainy. And I to sound the depths of this knavery. Exit. Look not pale, Bianca. Thy father will not frown. Exit Lucentio and Bianca. <sighs> My cake is dough. But I'll in among the rest, out of hope of all but my share of the feast. Exit. Wow. Husband, let's follow to see the end of the dupe. Oh. Uh, first, kiss me, Kate, and we will. What? In the midst of the street. What? Art thou ashamed of me? No, sir, God forbid, but ashamed to kiss. Oh, why then, let's go home again. Come, Sierra, let's away. Hey. I will give thee a kiss. Now, now, pray thee, love, stay. Is not this well? Come, my sweet Kate. Better once than never, for never too late. Exit. Scene two, Padua, Lucentio's house. Enter Baptista, Vincenzio, Gramio, the pedant, Lucentio, Bianca, Petruchio, Caterina, Hortensio, and Widow. Tranio, Biandello, and Grumio, the serving men with Tranio bringing in a banquet. Had long last, though our jarring notes agree, and timing it in time it is when raging war is done to smile escapes and perils overblown. My fair Bianca, bid my father welcome, while I with selfsame kindness welcome thine. Brother Petruchio, sister Caterina, and thou Hortensia with thy loving widow, feast with the best and Welcome to my house. My banquet is to close our stomachs up after a great good cheer. Pray you, sit down, for now we sit to chat as well as to eat. Nothing but sit and sit and eat and eat. Padua affords this kindness, son Petruchio. Padua affords nothing but what is kind. For both our sakes, I would that word were true. Now, for my life, Hortensio fears his widow. Then never trust me if I be afeard. Hmm. You are very sensible. And yet, you miss my sense. I mean, Hortensio is afeard of you. <laughs> he that is giddy thinks the world turns round. Roundly replied. Mistress, how many you that? Thus I conceived by him. Oh, conceives by me. How likes Hortensio that? My widow says, thus... She conceives her tale. Oh, very well mended. Kiss him for that, good widow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he that is 
Haiti thinks the world turned around. I pray you, tell me what you meant by that. Your husband, being troubled with a shrew, measures my husband's sorrow by his woe. And now you know my meaning. A very mean meaning. Right. I mean you. And I am mean indeed, respecting you. Uh, to her, Kate. To her, widow. A hundred marks. My cake does put her down. That's my office. Spoke like an officer. Ah, to thee, lad. Drinks to Hortensio. How likes Gremio these quick-witted folks? Uh, believe me, sir, they butt together well. Head and butt. And hasty-witted body would say your head and butt were head and horn. Hi, Mistress Bride. Hath that awakened you? Aye, but not frightened me. Therefore, I'll sleep again. Uh, nay, that you shall not, since you have begun. Have he at you for a bitter jest or two? Am I your bird? I mean to shift my bush and then pursue me as you draw your bow. You are welcome all. Exit Bianca, Katerina, and Widow. She hath prevented me. Here, Signor Tranio, this bird you aimed at, though you hit her not. Therefore, health to all that shot and missed. Oh, sir. Lucentio slipped me like his greyhound, which runs himself and catches for his master. Oh, a good swift simile, but something currish. Tis well, sir, that you hunted for yourself. Tis thought your deer does not hold you at a bay. Oh, Petruchio, Tranio hits you now. I thank thee for that gird, good Tranio. Confess, confess, hath he not hit you here? Ah, has a little gold me, I confess. And as the jest did glance away from me, tis ten to one, it maimed you two outright. Now, in good sadness, son Petruchio, I think thou hast the veriest true of all. Well, I say no. And therefore, for assurance, let's each one send unto his wife. And he whose wife is most obedient to come at first when he doth send for her shall win the wager which we will propose. Content. What is the wager? Twenty crowns. Twenty crowns. <laughs> I'll venture so much of a hawk or hound, but twenty times so much upon my wife. A hundred, then. Content! A match. <clears throat> Tis done. Who shall begin? That will I. Go, Biandolo. Bid your mistress come to me. I go. Exit. Son, I'll be your half. Bianca comes. I'll have no halves. I'll bear it all myself. Re-enter Biandolo. And now, what news? Sir, my mistress sends you word that she is busy and she cannot come. How? She is busy and she cannot come? Is that an answer? I and a kind one too. Pray God, sir, your wife send you not a worse. I hope better. Sarah Biandello, go and treat my wife to come to me forthwith. Oh, oh, entreat her. 
Nay, then she must needs come. I am afraid, sir. Do what you can. Yours will not be entreated. Re-enter Biondello. Now, where is my wife? She says you have some goodly jest in hand. She will not come. She bids you come to her. <gasps> worse and worse. She will not come. Oh, vile, intolerable, not to be endured. Sira Grumio, go to your mistress. Say, I command her to come to me. Exit Grumio. I know her answer. What? She will not. The fouler fortune mine, and there an end. Now, by my holy dame here, comes Katrina. Enter Katarina. What is your will, sir, that you will send for me? Where is your sister and Hortensio's wife? They sit conferring by the parlor fire. Oh, uh, go fetch them hither, if they deny to come. Swinge me them soundly forth unto their husbands. Away, I say, and bring them hither straight. Exit Katarina. Here's a wonder if you talk of a wonder. And so it is. I wonder what it bodes. Merry peace it bodes, and love and quiet life, and awful rule and right supremacy. And to be short, what not? That's sweet and happy. Now, fair befall thee, good Petruchio, the wager thou hast won, and I will add unto their losses. 20,000 crowns, another dowry to another daughter, for she is changed as she had never been. Nay, I will win my wager better yet, and show more sign of her obedience, her new-built virtue and obedience. See where she comes and brings you forward wives as prisoners to her womanly persuasion. Reenter Katerina with Bianca and Widow. Katharina, that cap of yours becomes you not. Off with that bauble, throw it underfoot. Lord, let me never have a cause to sigh till I be brought to such a silly pass. Fie, what a foolish duty call you this. I would your duty were as foolish too. The wisdom of your duty, fair Bianca, hath cost me a hundred crowns since supper time. The more fool you for laying on my duty. <laughs> hmm. Katharina, I charge thee, tell these headstrong women what duty they do owe their lords and husbands. Come, come, you're mocking. We will have no telling. Come on, I say. And first, begin with her. She shall not. I say she shall. And first, begin with her. Bye. Bye, unknit that threatening, unkind brow, and dart not scornful glances from those eyes to wound thy lord, thy king, thy governor. It blots thy beauty as frosts do bite the meads, confounds thy fame as whirlwinds shake the fair buds, and in no sense it meet or amiable. 
A woman moved is like a fountain troubled, muddy, ill-seeming, thick, bereft of beauty. And while it is so, none so dry or thirsty will deign to sip or touch one drop of it. Thy husband is thy lord, thy life, thy keeper, thy head, thy sovereign, one that cares for thee and for thy maintenance, commits his body to painful labor, both by sea and land, to watch the night in storms, the day in cold, whilst thou liest warm at home, secure and safe, and craves no other tribute at thy hands but love, fair looks, and true obedience. Too little payment for so great a debt, such duty as the subject owes the prince, even such a woman oweth to her husband. And when she is froward, peevish, sullen, sour, and not obedient to his honest will, what is she but a foul tending rebel and her to love more? I am ashamed women are so simple to offer war where they should kneel for peace or seek fool to pity sway when they are brute to serve, love, and obey. Why, why are our bodies soft and weak and smooth, unapt to toil and trouble in the world, but that our soft conditions and our hearts should well agree with our external parts? Come. Come, you froward and unable worms. My mind hath been as well as yours. Yeah, I again. As great, my reason <laughs> to bend the word for word and frown for frown. But now, I see our lances are but strong, our strength as weak, our weaknesses past compare that seeming to be most which we indeed least are. Then veil your stomachs, for it is no boot, and place your hands below your husband's foot. In token of which duty, if he please. <laughs> My hand is ready. May it do him ease. Oh. oh. Why, there's a winch. Come on and kiss me, Kate. Well, go thy ways, old lad, for thou shall have it. Tis a good hearing when children are toward. But a harsh hearing when women are forward. <sighs> Come on, Kate. Will to bed. We three are married, but you two are sped. Twas I won the wager, though you hit the white. And being a winner, God give you good night. Is it Petruchio and Katerina? No. Go thy ways, thou hast tamed a cursed shrew. Tis a wonder, by her leave, she will be tamed so. Exit. <laughs> You're just too good to be true. 
I can't take my eyes off of you. You ah. me like heaven to touch. And I want to hold you so much. And long last love is alive. And I thank God I'm alive. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. I know you, baby. My internet is so off. Oh, God. Oh, so much fun. I'm glad I waited the extra second before turning off the live stream. Oh, shit.